of 607 TWS and we are live on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast and also we are coming to you from the 8122 production studios at Dragon Master Games ladies and gentlemen I'm one of your hosts here and I'm also the host of the three fat nerds podcast my name is Rich and joining me, as he always does, the other host here on 607 Podcasts on Twitch. And also, you know him best as the host of the Ocha Daro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the OTPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, are we ready to talk some fucking wrestling? Make some noise in the chat. Let's go. Whoa, he's getting amped up. He's hype. He's hype. Ah, uh, shout out Jay West. We get dubbed. What's happening? What a fucking intro. Bro, Survivor Series is so fucking ass. What the hell is happening to the WWE? Oh, we want to talk about that. We ain't going to talk about Survivor Series, though. Listen to that. Look at that. Well, I mean, we're going to drop something about it. Yeah, Survivor we'll talk about Survivor Series a little bit. But, but. I, I'm going to give you guys a, a little bit of a, a little uh, sneak peek. During Survivor Series, myself and Ken M were at the local Regal Cinemas watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. I decided to go see Ghostbusters for the second time that weekend. Yes. <laughs> And the third time overall over watching Survivor Series. And I feel like my choices were good. There was no golden egg involved. So I think we won. I know. Yeah, no golden egg. What the fuck was that? Diesel almost turned it tuned in, though, because he heard golden and he didn't hear the second word. <laughs> he assumed it was something else that may even be tattooed on his arm. So I just want to throw it out there. Diesel was very, very confused. Uh, but uh, he would have been even more disappointed because I don't think that happened either. Yes, I, I... I mean, I'm sure Vince is doing that to, to some of the talent currently, but whatever. Uh, I digress. Anyways, <laughs> how's everybody tonight out there in Twitchverse? And uh, everybody listening on podcast, hopefully on the 607 Podcast channel, 607 TWS Podcast mm-hmm. channel. And trust me, it's pretty awesome. I am still putting up on the Three Fat Nerds Network every every Wednesday or Thursday when I get around to it, because you guys should switch over to 607 TWS, which goes live Monday nights. As soon as we're done. Yes. So, uh, well, technically after I render and stuff, but you know, eh, this is schematics. But anyways, awesome. And I know that we got a lot of listeners and followers over there at 607 TWS Podcast because I see in the numbers and they're looking nice. They're mm-hmm. looking nice. So it did pay off to get it under its own thing as just wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Although we should cancel uh, people doing that because that came from the amazing gulags and yeah. yeah. If you know, if you know, you know. We're not diving into that today. Facts. Uh, well, with that being said, you know we got a lot to talk about. We got, we got some. I got some ranting to do, and so on and so forth. But before we can do that, we got to give some shout outs. So, Ken, I'm tell these fine folks how to find yourself and the Ocho Duro Parlour Podcast. Very simple. You want to talk to me and the rest of the panel, and I hope you do. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on our social media accounts. They're all right there. T Public Store. A lot of things going on there. New designs are cropping up, so you never know what's going to pop up. Uh, parlay points, a lot of blogs dropping this week. Don't want to spoil too much, 
but it's a stacked lineup. In fact, we got one from Dre Driven that's coming out later today, actually. All that and so much more, odphpodcast.com. Yeah, and if you want to know anything about the Three Fat Nerds Podcast and what we're doing over here and everything else, you can look it up on 8122productions.com. And for some reason, my links aren't working in the mail, but that's okay. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you just already know, 8122productions.com. Of course, uh, T Public Store is up there. The Patreon link, the Twitch link, uh, all our social medias, which is easy enough. Three Fat Nerds Pod, throw an hat in front of it if you have to. We're on all social medias. Uh, Patreon.com slash 8122productions. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. You help do everything with the streams, the podcasting, and everything else we got going on here at 607podcast slash 8122productions. Uh, so you want to support, that's a great way to do it, especially coming into the holiday season. Also, T Public Store link is on the website, our website. I know you have a T Public mm-hmm. link as well. I am going to probably be sending Ken M a file sometime in the next couple of days because my wife should be finishing up. I, I got an ugly uh, Christmas t-shirt design Ooh, that is for three fat nerds okay i'm trying to have it drop by black friday i'm just throwing it out there i it looks so cool i'm gonna probably buy one i'm not even gonna lie very cool I definitely want to my see wife this. wants one too so my wife made an ugly so if you like the ugly christmas sweaters you can get that in a hoodie a long sleeve a t-shirt on a mug yes. on, a, on an iphone uh case whatever you want all of that and more over there at the t public store link is well the link will be in the description on twitch after the fact because i always put that up after the fact but also go to 8122productions.com link is right there you can't mm-hmm. miss this big right on the front page can i design that big ass logo there on the front page so there's that big ass like it says t public you can't miss it yes. <laughs> with that being said it's a little bit of new merch you guys heard it first because i didn't even mention it on the three finders podcast this week exclusive i should i should have i should have but we were too busy talking ghostbusters afterlife very excited about that if you haven't seen that you should try to see that facts well, Ken, I feel like it's time to wallow in some shit. Are you ready? Let's do this. It's time! That is right. Wallowing in the shit of world wrestling entertainment. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. Where do we start? Here we go again. Here we are again. Uh, How so- sad is that? So you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to save my rant for after the news portion. How about that? Okay, because we're gonna go through some news real quick, right? So of course the big thing coming out of last week, right, was that WWE released eight more talents out of nowhere. Now mind you, two weeks prior they could have released these same fucking people, mm-hmm. but no, we had to wait two weeks more to have more releases. And I've heard a rumor. Of even more, possibly, which I don't just... At this point in juncture, uh, with the exception of Roman Reigns, I'm pretty sure nobody's job is safe. I, I have to agree. So, let's start off by let's saying who got released last. John Morrison. Top Dollar, Ashanti, Adonis, and Isaiah Swerve Scott. So, the entirety of Hit Row. Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Shane Thorne, and Jackson Riker, which... I'm surprised he wasn't released sooner. But I think there may be some smoke to the fire that our good friend JTG was uh, spitting to us mm. about you just don't answer your phone. Yes. <laughs> so Jackson Riker probably just didn't answer his phone. He thought shit was safe, and he answered the phone. Yeah. Or he showed up to TV, and they're like, hey, we've been trying to call you. <laughs> I think that so, might be so the case. So they finally got Allegedly. his ass, because I, I really think that there's something with that smoke to the fire. Uh, really, I'm but I'm I am kind of butthurt about Hit Row as an entirety. I'm also butthurt about John Morrison. I mean, I like Tegan Knox, you know, but you could make the argument she's a little injury prone. Mm-hmm. Jackson Riker could give two shits, and I love the Legend of Slapjack. So these ones were pretty shitty and near and dear to my heart as a fan. So you know, I I do wanna I do wanna take a moment, uh, 
and say that I, I want to make something valid. And uh, I knew a lot of people were fighting this, but I, I really want it. I want to explain why this was valid. Taya Valkyrie tweeted out that same day. Stop supporting a company that has zero respect for their talents. You love pro wrestling. Spend your money on the hundreds of other alternatives. This is wrong. Ethically, as employers, they don't care about us, talents, or fans. I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of people who gave her heat, of course, mostly WWE marks. She has the right to fucking feel that way. Her Absolutely. and her husband lose their jobs right before the holidays. Like, I'm just throwing it out there. She has 100% right to feel that way. Will they both land back on their feet? Absolutely. Both super talented. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. They can go to Mexico. Triple mm-hmm. A will be loving it. But we're going to talk about where we think some of these people may end up anyways. But... Uh, Lou said, let's be honest, it's a mystery how Riker lasted as long as he did. Like I said, JTG told us the way, man. Yeah. The good old, the good old, uh, <laughs> JTG. Don't pick up your phone. Jay the God, if you will, <laughs> now in the indies is what he goes by. But, uh, you remember he was in crime time. He said, don't pick up your phone. That's how he, he claims that's how he stayed on the roster so long is he knew when the fucking firings were coming. He just didn't answer his phone. <laughs> yes. Which he's not wrong. If they don't answer your phone, they can't fire you. I'm just saying. Uh, but I think they finally caught up to him because they are just on a rampage. Now, this is not a defense because we're going to get into a whole nother nutshell in a minute. And it's going to be a rant, obviously, because that's what I do mm-hmm. uh, before we end with the happy, like where we think people are going to land. Once again, this is just a it's a business move. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but it's a business move. It's their right, just like it's the right of any employer to fire whoever they want. Uh, I do still want to put to bed the sales of the rumors of sales. Yeah. Uh, because if they're a pub, since they're a publicly traded company, that means that they would have to notify their stockholders of sale of the company or even if there was an offer. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know that there's no offers in place because that is what they call the kids would call illegal AF to not do so. And if you think that they would dance around that, it's not likely after they just lost millions of dollars to their stockholders for withholding some information about Saudi Arabia. Right. So I don't think we're going to see that horse game again from them because I don't think they want to lose the money. Obviously, the money is is super important to them. Mm-hmm. Not important enough not to buy a golden egg, but super important. <sighs> Reasons. Listen, man. So once again, I can understand why fans are upset because as a fan, I'm upset. I'm upset about all those talents. I mean, I'm sure uh, that we'll be seeing Swerve Scott. Good for us. We'll mm-hmm. be seeing him in GC Dub. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he has a 30-day or a 90-day. I'm hoping 30, because if he's got a 30-day, that means I'll be seeing him possibly in Atlantic City, if not guaranteed in New York City at the Hammerstein Ballroom. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, same as the the you know the rest of Hit Row, I don't know where that lands them. I mean, Ashanti Adonis is still a young up-and-comer, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, he can land in numerous places. Even if he goes to the Indies and kind of tries to stretch his legs, it might be a good place to learn some stuff. But, you know, you could always see him landing in an impact possibly an AEW setting. Uh, as far as uh, Taya Valkyrie and John Morrison, I think the world's their oyster. Impact will definitely take them back. Oh, yes. Uh, but, you know, they could definitely make a living going between Japan, Mexico, and Impact, for sure. Uh, uh, Pad says, the best response was when someone asked MVP if he was concerned about getting fired, to which he said, why should I give a shit? I'm rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Jay West, I'm furious that show sucked eggs. Ah, oh, jeez. 
But uh, you know, Pat's not wrong. That's that's actually. You know what? Let's 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 give you one right off the front, Pat. How about that? I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, but you anyways, have to say it. I mean, good lord. So like a lot of a lot of the guys on the top end don't have to care. I mean, and that's what you know. The end of the day, and I think that Ty of Valkyrie's statement was more toward geared towards a couple different things, and it was probably for the fear of what's going to happen to the younger talents that mm-hmm. didn't have security, mm-hmm. and also. You know, you, you, we we know she's in her mid mid to late thirties. I mean, it is harder to get a contract at that age. I understand that. Yeah, not so much for her husband because you know, obviously, they for some reason we don't judge male performers and female performers as the same, which is bullshit. Right. But uh, you know, it is what it is. I get it. Whatever. So I understand her concerns is what I'm saying. Not that I get the the point because I don't. I would hire Tyre Val- if I was running a wrestling promotion. I would I would hire Tyre Valkyrie and build my women's division around her. Oh, absolutely. If I, was, if I was opening a wrestling promotion tomorrow. That's a no-brainer. If I was a billionaire that I could drop money in and jump into this game, because listen, another billionaire can jump in. That's one of those things right now, man. If if, if somebody, if a Jeff Jarrett can find a big money backer, which allegedly he was trying with Conrad, if he could find a big money backer, you could you could have another gigantic talent thing just for based on the talents we've lost. Mm-hmm. They could hire a bunch of ROH guys and WWE guys and and make a make a fucking run. Oh, facts. Maybe maybe uh, I know I saw it online. I can't remember which one of our friends said it, but maybe Triple H did steal that damn egg. Maybe it is to start his own business. I don't know at this point in juncture. If I'm him, I'm feeling like I'm getting punched in the mouth every two fucking seconds. Well, you know what? I, to kind of jump in for 30 seconds, we have not heard anything from Triple H since September. Well, he's out of commission. Right, because he was coming back and he was recovering from uh, sur- whatever, surgery. Ch- whatever, whatever happened with his whatever, chest, which is more important, obviously. Yeah, yes. whatever was going on, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just curious about, you know, it, he's been so quiet like I he, bet you he shouldn't have stress. That's why. Well, that's, well, that's probably why. But <laughs> if you have heart problems, you shouldn't have stress. And he, I bet you that they're trying to keep him as stress free as possible. It is kind of a shitty. Here's my really big take. They didn't really start. I mean, they started gutting things, but they really didn't gut and change NXT and shit until they knew he was gone. Right. How shitty is that? That's where like, I'm kind of going NXT with. NXT 2.0 wasn't a thing until all of a sudden we were like, oh, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Then that became a thing. And then, you know, gutting the roster and then taking guys to the main car- roster just to fucking cut them. That didn't become a thing where Triple H was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay West says, I feel like Vince is scared the WWE will fall, fail when he is gone, so he's killing it himself. He's probably had a second and third cardiac incident <laughs> watching all the shiz go down, said Big Lou. Lou. I mean, you're not wrong. But you he he probably has. It. And, that, and, mean, and the sad part about it is, is here's the problem. I don't know if that's Vince's issue to begin with. I don't know what the fuck his issue is. Like, I really don't. But I can tell you right now, if, if the way that most of us understand Triple H and know Triple H, there's no way you can tell me he's happy about it. Oh, absolutely not. Especially because we know how he feels about a lot of these people. So I'm I've I made the joke before that you know you could be steps away from you know Paul Levesque being all elite, but really when it boils down to it, you're a big money backer away from Paul Levesque running a wrestling company. I'm just saying this. I understand about he he's trying to be less stressful for whatever was going on that he was he stepped away from the company. But I'm I'm saying it's not out of the realm of thought that he might seriously 
depart from the company. Like, it, no, no, I agree. I'm just saying, like, it's such a weird paradox to look at from everything that's happened since he went out and just how quickly they flipped NXT. You look at the majority of people that have been released, and if you break it down, how many of them came through NXT first instead of just going straight to main roster? I, I just think it's just this weird paradox that there's got to be a more more to it than we're seeing. I'll take I'll take another step, and I mean he I know he hasn't said anything about it, like personally, mm-hmm. but Adam Cole, Adam Cole was in serious negotiation talks with World Wrestling Entertainment prior to the cardiac event with Triple H. Right. All of a sudden, Triple H has a cardiac event, and he decides to take his ball and go elsewhere. Mm. Possibly because he doesn't trust the fact. I, I just want to throw out there. It is a possibility. And I mean, it's going to, here's the weird part. I, I feel bad for Triple H personally, because we all know he's put a lot of his heart, his mind, his soul into the performance center, into NXT, into all of these kids. You hear from all of them how much they love Papa Hunter, as we joke about. Mm-hmm. They're calling him Papa Hunter, but they all do. Like, every single one of them reaches out to him. Shit, everybody who was gone, everybody who has even had sour grapes with Vince and WWE was the first to be like, oh, man, I hope he's okay. Right. Sending our prayers, sending our thoughts, sending our positive vibes, calling him, you know, like, whatever they could do, contacting Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels said that his phone was nonstop ringing. Oh, yeah, I could fully see that. Uh, he goes, you have to consider that possibility of Triple H. If you don't consider it, you're foolish. Absolutely, because here's where he's stuck in a, a rock in a hard place. We're talking about Triple H here. Is is it going to be loyalty to your family? Well, you're married into family. Yeah, even Andrade thanked him, Lou said. Exactly. And if is is it is it a loyalty to your family, or when does it become maybe I can do it on my own? Maybe that's what Vince is trying to force. Ironically enough, as bad as it sounds, maybe remember Vince didn't get handed the the WWE. Mm. He bought it from his father. Maybe he's trying to force the hand of Stephanie Triple H Shane or altogether to buy the company from him. Which is stupid. <laughs> There's a lot easier ways. Yeah, there there is. I mean, but the sad thing is, I I can see that happening though. Yeah, Pat uh, Renee did. Yeah, Renee confirmed that he said he even he went as far as for Moxley. According to Renee, said anything that they needed, let him know and he would pay for it. Like, think about that. Like, and I don't know if that was the company. We assumed at the time it was the company. Maybe it was just out of his own pocket. Yeah, we don't know. But I'm just saying, if I'm a businessman right now, I'm I'm trying to like I I'm worried about his health. But if I'm a businessman, I might even be kind of like trying to figure out to talk to Triple H, because if he's unhappy. And somebody gives him a legit thing, that's a fucking game changer. And what I mean by, and I'm not just talking about our favorite game changer wrestling, but think about it like this. AEW is AEW. We're going to talk about them in the main event. There's some news coming out of there, and there's some tips and and shit that I would like to pass on, especially after all of this, to them. Mm. But here's the thing. Enough people love Triple H that they would sign with the company that he ran. If he ran, if he if he started his own brand, if he went out there, could you imagine the people who would be willing to just go, you know what? I'm going to sign with him over anything else. You know how the indie scene is rocking right now with all the talent? It would dry up in a heartbeat because everybody would get, try signing with where Triple H was going. Yeah. Uh, so Lou says, but what's the point of forcing them to try buy and buy? He buys the farm tomorrow. The kids get it anyway. That's I don't under I don't know, Lou. I'm just trying to fucking figure out what the hell's going on with all this. Uh, Pat says somebody get Moose on the phone. Triple H is exciting. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Moose can afford uh, Triple H running <laughs> stuff, brother. I'm just saying. Oh, if only. 
but I'm just, I, I'm legit. I, I mean, it wouldn't even be a bad idea if I'm Tony Khan to like use my connections through people who are friendly with Triple H going, hey, uh, is there something to this? I'll give you a partnership in this fucking company. Oh, Tony Khan should be trying to work any angle he can just to pass word. Not, not you know, not any not, tampering. Not any for, just yeah, password. Just, but I, just Triple H is an under contract, right? By the way, Triple H is a is is a working employee. Mm-hmm. Like he works in the office. He's not under contract, right? But just to get word to him, just saying, hey, hypothetically saying, if X happens, Y can go down, and then Z from there, right? Or if you're Jeff Jarrett, really looking to like back somebody, you know, whoever, you know what I mean? It's it's an interesting beast. You have to look at that, but it's all weird to me because it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't make sense for selling because, like I said, you still have to tell all of the, uh, you, you still have to tell all the stockholders. Right. We haven't seen that. It doesn't make sense why the cuts and i understand they were heavy we've said it before but now you're getting to a point where it's literally every couple weeks and it's like eight people and it's more and we're going into a whole bunch of other things uh passes if triple h leaves and runs his own company i'm absolutely in and i'm strongly considering quitting watching wwe lou says triple h becomes all elite i would love to be on the fly on the wall at that thanksgiving dinner well once again that's my point though how much does it become where he is he chooses the loyalty to a family, which I understand completely. Yeah. Or his fact that you're you're killing what I created. Because like, I mean, it's an interesting thing. That's the biggest per- perception is reality. And if you look at about it, since he had to step away, look at how Vince and company have presumably tore the house that he built down brick by brick. And it seems like more and more is happening. Like we're at, what, 79 releases for the year? I think from what Pat said. Yeah, I think 79, because we were at 71 before the year, so yeah, we should right. be at 79. So we're at 79, we still have, what, five weeks left in the yeah, year? there could be another release tomorrow. I'm you saying. Know, any day I pick up the thing. So, at the end of the day, I just am confused. I will rub out, I still don't think it's a sale of the company. Is it, yeah. The I, reason why is you still have to, you still have to let the stockholders know, so we'll know instantly, because stockholders have to know. Yeah. Um, Pat says, I think WWE is close to AEW numbers now for signed talent. I think it's 150, it's 150 to 135 in favor of WWE. Uh, Lou says, in my opinion, it's pure jealousy. Vince couldn't stand that NXT was talked about as the best brand. Lou, you could be absolutely right. I've said that a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. I mean, you take a look about the takeovers and how they get had to get removed from the day before pay-per-views to two days before. Well, here's an interesting point. We've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. The interesting point of it is the yeah, Vince's yes men, the old boys home. Where you got Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn and and all those and John Laurinaitis. I know I'm doing my John Wayne Murdoch voice, <laughs> but still John Laurinaitis. Who they ever beat? Um, you know, it's it's you have all those guys and they 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 have an interest in keeping Triple H out because the interest in keeping Triple H out is to keep their jobs because they aren't good at what they do. And here you got Triple H who had NXT and it was on the rise. And here's all these stars that were coming to the main roster who were getting pushed. Because let's be honest, I know people will say all the time that people failed from NXT. That's not necessarily the case. Seth Rollins is a product of NXT. Mm-hmm. John Moxley was a product of FCW slash NXT. Roman Reigns is a product of FCW slash NXT. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Owens, you know, Sami Zayn, Finn Balor. I mean, at one point in juncture, you know, you could even argue Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre failed on the WWE roster. They fired him. He went and became hot on the indies, and then they brought him back to NXT. And with with Papa Vince pushing or Papa Hunter pushing the you know 
buttons around, he became a fucking megastar. Yeah. So you could actually argue the New Day as a whole came through NXT. Where do you think the WWE champion came from? He was Big E Langston in, in, in WWE or in NXT, I mean. 80% of the rosters NXT. Exactly. That's why it's weird when people, they don't know how to handle NXT guys. They were. The problem is, the problem is, is that it is, is like you, like we always say, perception is reality. Mm-hmm. So that, that the good old boys, John Laronitis, Bruce Pitchard, and Kevin Dunn need to go to Vince and get in his ear and be like, oh, you know, we're losing control. Because the more of Triple H's guys who were in control, look at Bianca Belair and the women's division, the whole women's yeah. revolution runs through Triple H. So they're all nervous because Triple H, he's the guy. The success, the future of WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, goes through Triple H. There's no way you can tell me that that infighting hasn't led us to what's going on today. And the sad part is, I really, really don't know what he knows or how he knows it. I do probably know that his wife is probably trying to keep him calm. I could believe that he had three more cardiac events since this. Mm -hmm. Because there's no way you can tell me when these guys left. That he didn't know because he knew. But the reason he's staying quiet is I really think he's in this weird spot right now where he's like, well, I can't do anything about it, but I bet you he's getting pissed. <laughs> well, I bet you he's getting pissed, but you also have to wonder what his next move is going to be. I mean, we we do know about, okay, there's always talk of releases in X, Y, and Z. That's the guy that I think everybody should be focusing on is Triple H because it comes to a point where his legacy with the company is getting torn down and repainted and it's not his vision. I mean, you take a look at somebody like Bobby Roode, who came over, who had a career resurgence in NXT, came up to the main roster, and they completely wiped away all the work they did with him, and now he's almost like a forgotten superstar in that roster. Oh, yeah. Well, here's my, my bottom line of it is, is, is here's the important part. WWE's future relies still on Triple H. If Triple H walks away from that company, they're in trouble. And we've always said we've always said the machine wouldn't die, but I really believe if Triple H was to leave WWE and either start a new promotion with somebody backing him, mm-hmm. or join All Elite Wrestling, let's say for argument's sake, sure, because it's the biggest one out in the United States outside of WWE, he could really turn all of those around, and that's it. Hunter also said he wanted to be retired by sixty-five. I agree, I understand, but he's not at sixty-five yet. Yeah, he still got. He uh, still got. He still got almost twenty years. Yeah. Because he's, he's, what, 50, I think? He's maybe? like 48. Right yeah, 48. Late 40s, maybe 50 at tops. So he's still got some time. If if you really think about it, Lou, if that was the case, could you imagine he leaves and he, he really could start an empire with smart people behind him and, and, and go? I'll also tell you what, if Triple H walks, I'll tell you who's going to follow him right behind him, Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Heyman is a Triple H guy. We all know that. Yep. He even talks about it. He loves... Working with Triple H because Triple H loves his mind. 52, that's still 13 years. That's enough time to see the company and let it succeed because he doesn't need much time. Because like I said, he is he's in a unique position where all of these guys love him. They would go work for him. There's not a guy, AEW would be in trouble if he doesn't work for AEW because there's not a guy oh, on the roster that doesn't want to work for Triple H. Maybe Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's only one though. Think about think about like some of the other even the young talents over there liked him. Look, the young bucks speak highly of Triple H. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega spoke highly of Triple H. We know there's been some infighting. That would be hilarious. <sighs> and it's possible Adam Cole loves Triple H. Yeah, I mean, the- like it's a weird scenario. I'm not saying it's happening, but 
at some point in juncture, that's got to be a realization for WWE. If you keep fucking with the bull, you're going to get the horns eventually. Exactly. And I think that now it's getting to the point where you have to start wondering what Triple H is going to react. Like, it's a weird narrative to do. Like I say, it's so weird to think about. But we are now living in a day and age where he is the biggest linchpin. If he goes, the domino effect that happens is going to change wrestling, period. And it's not to say he's going to leave, but the fact that there's been no word from him, I don't th- I hear, think Stephanie's said anything. No, Stephanie's also been super, super quiet, and then we know that she's cut down on her time in the office. Yeah. So, which is interesting. So and I understand she's probably taking care of her husband, but at the same point in juncture, she's also a workaholic like her father. The fact that they're both kind of going either means that this is way more serious than we ever thought, or, right. or they're both a little pissed off on top of everything. Yeah. By the way, Lou is absolutely right. Billionaire plus Triple H plus ROH equals, equals license to print money. That's that could be. See, that name is a name because that name already exists. Could you imagine that a billionaire would back Triple H and purchasing ROH? You'd have the name. You'd have all that prestige. You'd have. Oh my God, that roster would be fucking insane. Because then you got guys coming home. Because think about it. You know who's coming home? Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. I mean, CM Punk won't be there, but I don't think you need him because he ain't moved the needle in AEW. So I mean, eh. Uh, Pat says, if Triple H leaves WWE, it's game fucking over, and there's not a soul in Stamford, Connecticut that realizes that. No, because they're too busy kissing ass. That is the biggest takeaway. Everybody around Vince is a yes man. He's there's you know, and even this Nick Khan guy, he's a businessman, yes man. Although I don't blame everything on Nick Khan because Nick Khan was brought in to make more money, and that's what he's doing. Yeah. Bottom line, he's doing his job. But that's what happens when you bring a non wrestling guy in. And all these other guys are just like, hey, Vince, as long as we don't fire Roman, we're good. That's bullshit. Once again, like, I, I, I digress. Um, I I think I might have just found somebody that might be that millionaire. Really? Who are you thinking? Think about this. Who has been somebody that has been signing WWE superstars as an agent to the sports media? Gary Vaynerchuk? No. Is he a billionaire? I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's... He's got enough money. Like We're I good. say, he's an agent. You could always start. Well, I mean, here's the thing. You don't even have wishful to have, thinking. Ready for this? You don't even have to have a billion, personally. Yeah. Because all you have to do is have the seed money for a company, and there's going to be guys who would probably jump over for a pay cut just to get shit going. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to remember, and also there's a lot of talent out there that'll take whatever, especially to work for somebody they like. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's an interesting dichotomy, but... The problem I also have, and we're, it's gonna this. I want to say this before I roll into kind of the rant. That's this ain't even the rant yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing about this. Uh, the part I want to roll into before the rant is here. You have Survivor Series, one of the big four now. I guess big five, right? Although it's the fifth out of the big five because I think even Money in the Bank has surpassed it. Yes, uh, proof of which is Money in the Bank will be from Allegiant Stadium next year, mm-hmm. and Survivor Series still no stadium. I think it's the only one of the original big four that's never been in a stadium. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. To my to my knowledge, yeah. So, here we go. So, all these releases, you're in the bad limelight. Fans are pissed, but we have this big pay-per-view that on paper looks like a decent show. And other than a couple matches, because I didn't watch it, I'm going to be honest, other Mm -hmm. than a couple matches, because I heard there was two good matches. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, for those of you who watched it, I heard there was two good matches. Other than that, it was a eh show. Mm-hmm. with the premise somehow through this whole show that it was brought to you by The Rock's new movie. And they're doing a battle royal in honor of The Rock. And there's this thing where there's a stolen egg, and that is the whole point of guess of the new movie, right? If I Because I didn't watch that either. So, Red Notice? Yeah. So there's some fucking egg business in that as well? 
Uh, yeah, it's like some valuable egg or so something. So anyways, like all of this, add this all together with bad PR, with the promise that we've had forever of this Roman Reigns uh, rock thing, which I've always shot down, as you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody at home's going, oh man, they're going to bring us the fucking rock. We going to get the fucking rock. Who the fuck's he bait? <laughs> I'm going in and out of John Wayne Murdoch all day. I'm just letting you know. But uh, they, they, we're going to bring in the rock. And then the rock no-shows, which I don't think he was booked to begin with. No. So why the fuck tease him? Because the why thing- why piss off people who are already pissed at you? Eh, I don't know because it seems like a good thing to do. Golden showers from Vince on the fans, baby. Lap it up. It also showed his greatest moments in between matches for wow. Well, because it was the 25th anniversary for when he debuted, right? And then Lusa's first match, last match were awesome. Whole middle was meh. Okay, that's all. That's why I was understanding to believe. I just yeah. wanted to make sure because I didn't watch the show. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the ramp, shall we? Should we have some fun with this? Let's I think, go. I think we should have some fun with it. We should do the... Uh... Don't worry. I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do. Flip out, man. I may. So, many people have asked why we canceled the SummerSlam. Or su- SummerSlam. Who? <laughs> Summerfest, brother. <laughs> now, Survivor Series. Thank you. Uh, stream and, 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 and why we were taking a stance. I, I had originally tweeted out that uh, we were coming to terms on the release of uh, WWE. And then Ken put in a nice heading, topped heading one. <laughs> Looked real official, which I appreciate. Thank you. And so some people were wondering what that was about. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, a lot of people, I'm assuming, assumed it was because more people got fired. And that's not actually the case. Not in my case, uh, the reason, and it has to do with the firings, but not for the same reason. So here it is. We've gone months and months and months of bad product. Now, I got to be honest with you, and everybody who listens to this show, Ken's going to test this, and Padawan Jay, I know can test this. I don't watch WWE products on television, except for NXT, mm-hmm. which I'm coming close. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but uh, Raw and SmackDown, the last Raw I've watched was the one after Mania, which I was disappointed in. I only watched it because usually something happens. It didn't. And then I watched a random SmackDown one of those nights that I wasn't feeling well. I messaged you about it. Yeah. I wasn't feeling well. I didn't tweet anything. I just was watched it randomly. And I was like, man, the one time I tune in, the show sucks. Because everybody was telling me how good the show was. And I was like, wow, it was a rough one. Yeah, I'm trying Nothing to happened that night. It was weird. It was, I didn't like it. Anyways. So I don't watch the weekly programs. I watch pay-per-views. I kept up on it with the clips on YouTube just so we could talk about pay-per-views and then, you know, go live and have fun with everybody. Because, I mean, let's be honest, the chat when we do live reactions to commentary, especially for WWE events, is mostly us making jokes and having fun. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm not complaining about it. The problem is is that as this has gone on, I keep realizing that the more I put into and invest and try to at least pay attention long enough to break down the card, that is an investment of my time. And I have a lot to do. I have, you know, the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I have this stream, also podcast as well, because I have to turn this over. I have Horizon 607. I have whatever else we're doing on twitch.tv slash system podcast. I have whatever we're doing as friends because we do still do things as friends. Mm-hmm. I have watching movies for the show. I have watching TV shows for the show, reading comic books, et cetera, et cetera. Like, and I know I'm preaching the choir to anybody else who has a show, but you guys understand this. And there's multiple things. So my time is very valuable. Well, why do I want to invest any more fucking time in a company that every time I invest my time into somebody like a hit row, they just get rid of them? Every time I invest my time into trying to pick up a storyline so I can hype up a pay-per-view event for them, not that we're doing the numbers for them or anything, but it's still something we're doing with our time, 
it goes back to blow up in my face. Like my whole thing of this, and you can have your different takeaway. My whole thing is I'm tired of investing time in a company that isn't investing time in anything else. They're not investing time in me as a fan. At some point in Juncture, the podcaster, the former person who worked in wrestling business, the former, you know, a person who knows business and can explain away some of these things and the stupidities of some of the things and, and the intelligence of some of the things, comes to the point where I'm also a fan. And I'm like, why would I want to waste any more of my time following your shit? At the end of the day, I have problems with some of the things AEW does. 100%. We're going to mm. talk about some of the things later. because And it's actually going to be in a positive tone. Because it's something I hope Tony Khan or somebody fucking hears. I know somebody in their office listens to us. I, and that's a fact. That's a fact. Shoot. And, and kind of takes it in. Because there's some things that they could improve on right now. And jump on the, 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 the stove while it's hot. The problem is WWE has no no instance of doing that. So I'm not going away completely because I, I made the comment that I'll probably still go watch Royal Rumble with my buddy George because mm. that's a tradition. It has nothing to do with the wrestling. I'll probably go watch WrestleMania with him. But it, I'm not going to watch the weekly shows, which I haven't been. I'm not even going to keep track of them. We will give you WWE news that comes across the wire on the show. So if they release more people, which they probably will, we'll, we'll talk about it. If they do something or whatever, we'll talk about it. If there's some big event coming up, you know, maybe we'll talk about what's coming up. But I'm not going to waste my time going, hey, I'm going to come here and hang out for fucking four hours for no payoff, for no investment in myself as a fan, for no investment in anybody else as a fan. And it gets to that point where the tipping scale and it's, it's that old CM Punk that we talked about statement. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't like it, Walk the fuck away. You'll be happier. So until WWE gets their shit together, I have no intentions of watching any of their stuff without, with the exception of the things that I watch as a tradition. So two shows. <laughs> it, but you know what? It is what it is with that, and I fully hear you on that because the problem is as a fan, take the show out of the equation. As a fan, why am I sitting there watching week in and week out trying to cheer and support Wrestlers I like to see in the ring, like Hit Row, for example, who I've been preaching about since they were on NXT. They finally get the call up. They have one match against two enhancement talent. We never see them again except for backstage segments. With the New Day. With the New Day. Which means that they should have been doing something, right? Yeah, well, you figure when they were mentioned in the draft, you know, the big roster brand, and they were number three pick overall. Yeah that they were going to be something on the main roster. And then all of a sudden, well, we're making more releases. So every time that you want to try getting behind wrestlers in this company, you're almost standing on pins and needles because you don't know when it's going to break and they're going to get cut. With the exception of a Roman, maybe a Becky Lynch, a Seth Rollins. There's a, it's few and far between. Because as we're sitting here, and you look at all the wrestlers that have been released this year, how many of them did we honestly think were going to get released? That's where the maybe, shot. Maybe half. Maybe half. Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you. About half. And I mean, I'm, I, it could be a little off. I'm just going to go. No, but sure. 80 but, wrestlers, maybe 40 of them. I could be like, okay, they were there. Maybe there's a parody, blah, blah, blah. But for every one of the the guys like a Jackson Riker. Yeah. It's a perfect example. For every Jackson Riker, Riker or when they first started the releases, we had Primo and Epico, which my comment was they still work there. Uh, but anyways. Uh, for every one of those, we had a Karrion Cross who we yeah. thought was going to be a star. Keith Lee, who we thought was going to be a star. A Hit Row, who we thought was going to be a star. And there was a lot of people who they dumped money and time, and mm. time is money, into when you went, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. 
Lou says, for every one of us, there are 10,000 who love whatever WWE is until those people wake up. Nothing will change. Most probably don't even realize all these people got fired. I agree. I've said that forever. Yeah. But that's that's why I'm not worried about bringing WWE down. And me not watching doesn't bring WWE down. And me not watching isn't going to destroy their business. No, the machine not keeps rolling. On, the machine still rolls on. But at least I'm happier not doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like I'm not wasting my time. It's a proverbial waste of my time to watch their product, knowing that let's say they have a great show. Let's say they're next. They don't have another pay per view until the first day of January, mm-hmm. which I won't be watching because I will be at uh, GCW. GCW, which we'll talk about a little later. I'll be at GCW. So, uh, but still, even if I was going to watch it, let's say they have a great year one show, or isn't that is yeah, day, one, day, day one? Day one. Day one. Let's say that show is the greatest wrestling show ever made. What does it matter if next, the week after that, three of the main people get released? Mm. What's what's to say that, you know, because they don't care if a storyline's going or not. They had plenty of people on television that they released. Yeah. It's not like before where you knew kind of who was going to go because you hadn't seen them on TV in weeks or months. No, 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 no. They're firing people who were on Raw the day before they fired them. Yeah, it's absolutely asinine about trying to sit there and support something when you start really getting into it and then all of a sudden they're gone and that's the biggest problem like I, i'm with pad because i mean he says the product nowadays is so bad you can skip every weekly main roster show and still be good to p- watch the pay-per-view that's what i do myself pad i'm right there with you because i i would i tune in and i i sit there and I'm, I'm waiting for something to get me hyped up to say like wow this is amazing the weekly shows just haven't been doing that and every time that we think they're taking two steps forward they take three steps back that's the problem with it so it's now, all right, let's see what they're going to do here and see, okay, is there something to entice? Because with the Royal Rumble coming up, obviously everybody's going to be watching that. That's that's a given. No, I'm not denying I'm no. not going to watch it. Yeah, that's the thing. Every it's, Even the non-religious wrestling there, fans a, watch there's it. There's two shows a year that casual fans watch, even if they're not watching the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and it's Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Let's be honest. Now, yeah. WrestleMania is two days, which is fine. I like that a lot better because yep. I can sit through two four-hour days instead of one eight. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. So, like Lou says, I have Raw in the background while listening to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing us. We're way better, more entertaining. Tuesday, I don't watch anymore. Friday, if I'm not playing video games. So, uh, that's where I was going to get into. I'm almost at the point, and my kid was disappointed about this. I'm like, I'm not going to watch NXT anymore. I barely watch now. Why? Because with the exception of, like, my buddy Joe Gacy, mm-hmm. who I watch just because we're friends, and fucking, Braun you know, Braun Breaker, who I think is great, and, like, the talent that was there that is just there to make the younger talent look good. I like that Carmelo Hayes kid. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, there's a couple kids that I like on that show. I And I mean, I find Cameron Grimes entertaining, but I don't need to see a poker game in the middle of, of fucking NXT. That was where wrestling happened in the past, and now I'm watching a poker game. And then we have this random chick who does their, her fucking talk show in the middle of NXT. Mm-hmm. And then we have fucking, like, the things that they're doing with NXT are atrocious. That was the wrestling show. That was the one show that I watched because we got wrestling action. That reminded me of an independent, AEW. Very much like, when AEW, we, you know, we used to always taunt that. AEW was like, we're going to be the change. And we're like, the change was already there. NXT, it's been there. It's fucking been there. Yeah, and then got vincified. And then Triple H is fucking out with a heart attack or cardiac event, sorry. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's just everything else. Yeah. And we get these horrible segments. Horrible. I, I, I You can ask Ken. Last week, the only thing I popped for on the entirety, the entirety of the NXT show was Choppa doing Steiner math. math. That was it. 
Like, I find Cameron Grimes super entertaining, and I'm not saying that the poker part wasn't entertaining a little bit. No, but it's but like it's watching not what Raw. I want to see. I want to see wrestling action. That's what they were known for. Yeah. No, I'm fully with you on that, and that's the problem that they have right now because Vince is trying to take over complete control and wipe away everything that we liked. As an alternative, we always had NXT. We don't have that now. So on the main roster, when it's all bad storyline and bad angles that they're doing, because trust me, they're doing them, they're now trickling that into NXT, and now it's Vincified, and now it's just completely... It's, just a, it's a third it, brand. It's a, it's a third show. Uh, Pat says, I'm in the same boat. Outside of Joe Gacy, Braun Breaker, and Johnny Gargano, I couldn't care less about the rest of the show before I watched that start to finish and was locked in for everything. I was the same way. Now I watch because my kid wants to watch. Mm-hmm. No lies. No bullshit. He'll, he'll testify to that. But I find myself playing champions. Yeah. Yes, I do. That's the one thing WWE does good. And most of my people on my roster are no longer WWE. Go figure. Uh, uh, Lou says Tuesday literally breaks my heart. Same here. It was a product that I was proud of for years. I was proud of that product. And now I'm like, Ugh. and I was even the one, you know what? And I was, you guys remember, I was the voice of reason saying, you know what? Going back to developmental, I mean, not bad, a bad deal. I don't like the new logo, but let's give it a shot. And the first couple weeks, it was still NXT. Yeah. It reminded me of the old, uh, you know, developmental days, if you will, when like, you know, we had Samoa Joe down there and Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn and Pac and, you know, Seth Rollins even. It reminded me of those old days because you had a bunch of new talent that you're like, okay, and then you have some like star power. If you will, some more established talent. And then uh, about three weeks in, they're like, okay, we're just going to have, I can't remember her name for the life of me. The talk show. The talk show host. And she's not even a wrestler. If she is, I haven't seen her wrestle. I've just seen her yap her gums. I think she is. I, I but she I, might be, but, but she hasn't wrestled. Right, right. But she hasn't wrestled yet. That's all. That's all problem. It's like Piper's Pit without having a wrestler. Yeah, and, and then, she's not even that good. And then you started doing the poker game vignettes, and then you started getting away. And granted, I will say there, there's been some entertaining stuff. The Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano, Halloween Havoc stuff was was fun. Right, but that's different. But that's different. But that's what I'm going with. We don't do that every week. When it's a special occasion, sure that works. I mean, I even love the wedding. Yeah, that was fine with me. It was a it was different than any other wedding because you expected some weird wild shit to happen. And I mean, it was fun, but there's no wild shit to happen. Mm. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot and it just kills my spirit. And that is why we canceled the Survivor Series stream. That is why going forward, we probably won't stream any pay-per-views uh, until things get interesting. Now, mind you, if WWE can get their shit together and go, oh, OK, but Lou, you said it better best earlier in the show. And I've been preaching this for years because I call them the phantom WWE Universe, mm-hmm. and they are the majority of the people. They are the people who spend money. They are the people, and I explained this to, to, to Mike C. recently when he was upset. I said, listen, we're never going to win because we don't spend money. They are making money because you turn on Raw, and I know Lou's got it in the background right now. Look at that crowd shot. Look at the guys who are wearing WWE title belts. Mm. Look at the guys who have the WWE, or just completely head, head to toe. headband, fucking shirt, the kid, the the mom, the dad, they're all there. They got tight. All of them got the title belts, the replica belts that cost, what, 300 bucks a pop. Mm. All of them are there, man. They're all there. Those are the phantom universe that we're talking about. That's not the people at home. It's not the guy in the crowd that's just showing up because he enjoys wrestling and he's wearing a Bullet Club shirt. Yeah. These are the, the people. They, they, they're not worried about us. They're not worried about the IWC marks. I've said it before. They're not worried about us who are fans and i call us casual fans but we're not we're 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 casual in the fact that we just like wrestling Mm -hmm. so we'll tune into any wrestling show there's not a lot of us out there 
But I know, and I don't lose just like us. Because there's many a times I've said I was watching something and all of a sudden lose like, damn it, now you got me watching this whatever on YouTube or whatever. So, like, we just, we'll switch channel to channel. I love fucking indie wrestling, and I love Japanese wrestling. That's what I mostly watch. Mm -hmm. So, like, at the end of the day, I'm not, I can't tell you, boy, was the last thing I bought, I've only bought two things ever from WWE Shop. We, we boiled this down before. Yep. Two things for myself. I have bought stuff for my kid before, but not enough. Yeah, not Maybe enough a few to really shirts over years. But for myself, there. I have only bought, I bought that WrestleMania 36 shirt because I thought it was funny that it said uh, I wasn't there because nobody was. Mm. And then I bought, way back in the day, I bought the same CM Punk shirt that both of us have. Yes. That's it. That's all I've ever bought and for myself from WWE Shop. Now, mind you, I buy a lot of shit, a lot of shit from Pro Wrestling Tees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's facts. <laughs> and GCW merch gets a lot of my money. MDK all day gets all. So I'm buying merchandise, just not from WWE. Mm-hmm. But once again, why would they cater to me? Why would they cater to Rich? Why would they cater to Ken? Why would they cater to Lou? Why would they cater to Pad? Why would they cater to most of anybody who's watching the show? And if, if I don't know your name, I'm sorry. I mean, Jay West is, was in here a little while ago. Like, why would they cater to any of us? Because we're not the ones spending money. And I get it. I'm a businessman. I'm going to cater to the assholes that are spending money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you keep losing casual fans, and I, I, I use that because casual fans can be hardcore because yeah. I believe that we're all hardcore wrestling fans. You're listening to a wrestling podcast. You're watching independent wrestling shows. You're watching AAA. You're watching New Japan. You're watching whatever else. You're a hardcore wrestling fan. We're just casual because... We don't give a damn what the three letters, and we're not exactly tied to three letters. I'm not tied to All Elite Wrestling. I'm mm-hmm. not tied to World Wrestling Entertainment. I'm not tied to Ring of Honor. Do I like some of those products? Absolutely. I love Ring of Honor. I love AEW mm-hmm. for the most part. It has its problems, but I still love the product. But sure, but we tune in I, every week. Dude, I fucking would die for GCW. If I told you how much money I just spent on tickets and hotel rooms. Yeah, this is fact. For, no disrespect. For Game Changer Wrestling, it's more than I've spent on WWE and probably... It, it's more than I've spent on my WrestleMania tickets for WrestleMania 35 so far. Mm-hmm. Multiple shows, though, by the way. Damn. The want the kids, kids bring parents, parents buy shit for the kids. Exactly. Yeah. But once again, you also have to start doing something. Because you need the people who love wrestling to tune into the show. And I understand that Vince hates the word wrestling. He doesn't like the word. But then take it out of your shit. Yeah. Don't call yourself World Wrestling Entertainment anymore. Just call yourself World Entertainment. Worldwide Entertainment. Yeah, Worldwide Entertainment. Something. Because wrestling fans need not apply. And if you're a wrestling fan and you're so pissed off, and this is where I'm going to get a little off track, and then i got to get it on board because we have more to the show that I'm excited to talk about. If you are listening to some of our fellow podcasters out there, Mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of their comments. I thought this was fucking hilarious. A lot of them took the rich... Well, it's a business, da 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 da. But a lot of those guys only watch the show so they can shit on it for three hours. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys, right now, I'm not, once again, I won't give them clearance, but I know everybody in chat and everybody listening on podcasts and everybody listening in the future will know exactly what I'm talking about. Think about all these places. Go by piece by piece, man. And I can call out some of them, but I'm not going to. Actually, I'll call out one because he's a big fucking target. And I think it's funny. We had it, we had, and he's a friend of our, 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 our good friend, the coach. Mm-hmm. We're talking Sean Ross Sapp. 
Man, how quick did he jump when he thought The Rock was going to be on Survivor Series last night? Ken just started sending me fucking tweets. Like, after we got out of the movie, we just dove down Sean Ross Sapp's feed. And it was hilarious because, man, as soon as he thought he was shitting all over Survivor Series, all over WWE and the releases, as soon, as soon as that show started and he thought, he thought The Rock was going to be here, oh, fuck, boy, that just, that changed over. He was like, oh, my God, and The Rock's going to show up. It's going to be great. How many of you people out there that were talking shit about WWE are going to change your opinion? as soon as The Rock shows up. It's exactly what he said. But when The Rock didn't show up, then he treated it like, like everybody was an idiot, and, except for himself. <laughs> People called him on it. I'm just bringing him up because he's a good, big-ass fucking target. They won't say anything back because he's, he's a bitch. Throwing it out there. He, he blocked Coach. Yeah, he did. But, but if I jump into, like, I jumped in to save Coach like two times, you know what he does? He doesn't respond when I, when I talk. Hmm. Interesting. He won't block me either. That's because he knows I talk shit about him. <laughs> I still do. It's not going to stop me. Uh, Lou says, honestly, WWE is something I can never be fully free of. I have too many great memories of going to the shows as a kid. One of the only things my father and I did together. And Lou, I want to be honest with you. I'm with you. Nostalgia-wise, that's the only reason I still check it out. You did, Like I just said, I'm still going to watch the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Because that is part of my tradition. I have a tradition that I started as a kid that I watched those shows, and it carried on to one of my best friends in the world that doesn't live in this area, so I go up to his house to watch. That's why we don't live stream WrestleMania. Yeah. Because I'm not in the Royal Rumble. If you notice, when we started live streaming those two shows, I think we did the Royal Rumble once because I didn't go up there because of COVID. Right. Uh, tw- um, 2020. Was it? No, not no, 2021. 2021, we did it because yeah, I didn't year. go up there this year, this past year, because I didn't go up because it was kind of, there was a spike there, but I did go up for Mania. But that's why we don't, because I have a tradition. And, and I agree. I grew up on it. My first memories that I have are of being four years old at the Broome County Arena. And I don't can't tell you what happened in the ring, but I remember the loud music and the haziness of the building. Mm-hmm. And then there's also photo evidence that Hulk Hogan carried me down the stairs of the arena. I'm just throwing it out there. But uh, I, 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 that's my thing. I was a Hulkamaniac, man. I was at a wedding. I was a, I was a ring boy at a wedding. And I was turning around. It's on videotape. And I was doing Hogan poses to the crowd in between. And I, I, I cried when Hulk Hogan lost to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6. Cried. Bald. Because Hulk Hogan doesn't lose. Because at that point in juncture in my life, I never saw Hulk Hogan lose a clean match. I don't think anybody did. No. We, I saw him lose dirty, and you were mad at the heel. But, mm-hmm. but I saw him lose cleanly, and I know Hogan doesn't lose. Crying to my grandmother. So I have a lot of that, too. But unfortunately, I also love re- – because of that, I started to love wrestling. And throughout my life, I have loved m- more and more of wrestling. And now I choose to be happier about my, my love. And that doesn't mean I'm going to go completely the way. Like I said, we'll still talk the news. I'll still keep one eye on it. But I'm just not going to watch the product because I can't, I can't do it to myself. It's tough to support it right now, and that's the problem. So as wrestling fans – Sure, we'll, we'll be reporting the news on it. But as weekly product, I mean, unless something really jumps out, and ain't going to be no golden egg at a show, that that's the highlight. What, do you got something there before we uh, go? Because I saw you pull No, no, in. no, I was just going through the timeline. Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. As soon as he saw that The Rock might be there, man. And there were so many other people. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, everybody was flip-flopping. I died, man, I died. And that's, that happens every day. We are at least honest here. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, like I said, it doesn't mean we're not going to give you the news. It doesn't mean we're not going to check in. Like I said, I will be watching Royal Rumble and WrestleMania for sure. If shit gets good, and I'm not mean, I don't mean it has to be great, mm-hmm. but if it gets stable and I can be like, oh man, I can get invested in this again, I'll get invested in it. But I, they have to get to a point where I'm invested. Yes. And currently, I'm not invested. 
That's all I'm saying. Do you want to throw anything on there at the end before we take the break, man? No, that's the whole thing. I mean, just be a fan of the product and listen. If the product is not working for you, then don't watch it. There's so much other wrestling out there right now that you don't have to just choose one company. We've been screaming this for I don't know how many months now. And then you don't have to get on your social media accounts and wave the flag of one federation. And then when something goes wrong, everybody puts it away. It's like the Homer Simpson meme. Yeah. Everybody just fades away and then comes back and all of a sudden, yeah, WWE. And then like for everybody that was so mad at them and so praising the AEW chance during the pre-show, I saw those tweets going around. Then a minute they hinted about The Rock, everybody stopped doing it. Everybody was on the WWE bandwagon. Well, you better be lying. And then minute that failed out, nope. Then everybody went complaining again about him. Lou says, this just in, Rumble and Mania are going to be on BR Live. <laughs> Fuck that. I'll, I'll, fi- I'll figure out a way. If they were on BR Live, I guarantee they'd also be on Fight Overseas, which means I'd get a VPN and call it a day. <laughs> we'll talk about, when we talk about AEW, I'll give you, a, there's a little fun story to that. The main event yes. is going to be about AEW. There's some AEW news and stuff. Lou, you're going to not want to miss that. I promise. I know you don't miss that much of this at all, but you're not going to want to miss that because there is a nice little tagline that happened yes, to be today is. that involves BR Live. This is the, it's it incredible. Uh, so with that being said, we are going to take our first break of the show. If you're watching on stream, you're going to see the information for the Ultra Duro Parlay Hour podcast. We are gonna. The song is going to be by the, our good friend who does the song that you hear. If you come in and when the countdown is on, it's our good friend Tom Jolu. He's fucking amazing. You can check him out on Spotify, Bandcamp, and YouTube Music. We're going to play a song. It's it's because it, of honor of the, the holiday. It's called Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a good and song. And it is and it is Thanksgiving in the United States this upcoming week. So as a fat man, I love me some Thanksgiving. So Litsa or Indigenous Peoples Day, is that's the day after, though. I think that's technically how that works. Okay. Uh, but, you know, either however you want to celebrate it, it doesn't matter because I just like the food. And I like to eat. So with that being said, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in the mid-card. In the mid-card, we're going to be talking uh, some New Japan Pro Wrestling, some IWTV, because I found a really good show that I want to highlight to everybody. And, of course, there's some GCW news that we got to get to because there's some big things happen in the world of Game Changer Wrestling, all that and more when we come back for the mid-card. I'll make it short and sweet. You're stubborn just like me. That's why I walk these miles of sea. You're right beneath my feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bone to pick. Why'd you get so sick? You were supposed to be strong You were supposed to hold on And now it's been four years And you're still not here Some days I don't do well with change Especially today But we're all doing well 
All right, we're back from the mid-card. And uh, I'll tell you what. The mid-card is brought to you by not only your CIWTV. It is not brought to you by IWTV this day, but we will be talking about IWTV. It is brought to you by Excite Wrestling. The local here to Binghamton. They got a big show coming up on December the 5th. December the 4th, Fourth. I believe. Okay, the 4th. That Saturday going down, Excite Fight Club is happening live at the X. Uh, all Elite Wrestling Superstar Ethan Page is returning to the X. Uh, also, Davey Richards is coming in. Uh, you know him from Ring of Honor, MLW, Impact. It's going to be a fun night of action going on, so make sure you are getting tickets if you're living locally. ExciteWrestling.com for more information on that. Or just hit twitch.tv slash Excite, X-C-I-T-E, Wrestling, and make sure to drop that follow because they will be airing the show live as this happens. Absolutely. So there you go. I love it. I love it. All right, so with that being said, let's dive into what, uh, let's talk about some IWTV because, you know, like, we like to shine the spotlight on the indies. And, like, unlike other places, we like to give you guys options mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we know that you might be disgruntled with WWE or AEW or some of the majors. So there is other things out there to pique your wrestling interest. And independentwrestling.tv is a great place for that because there's a lot of companies under that roof. Yes. And uh, just like Luigi here, who's telling us that if we want to become famous, we can buy followers. Good job. Uh, you know, you can go over there to independentwrestling.tv, and I do believe it's $9.99 a month. But if you go uh, sign in with a promo code, absolute, you get five days free. And it's one of the best $10 I spend a month. They're not a sponsor of the show this week, but I do want to I do want to give them a shout out because you got you get to see a lot of great, great wrestling for a low, low price. And if you're into death matches, they have that. If you're into regular wrestling, indie style, you they have that. If you're into like hybrid style with MMA, they got that too. They mm-hmm. got everything. And you got such great companies like uh, AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling, who's got a huge show coming up this weekend. Of course, that show is Hell on Earth, their second biggest show of the year, only behind Absolution. And it will not be streaming live on the day of, but I have heard from good sources because it is on Black Friday. I've had by good sources by Saturday or Sunday, they will have the on-demand feed up because Ooh. the building they're going to be in, I guess, doesn't have good internet. So uh, they're big in, They're going to be coming from a bigger venue. It's, it's crazy. So you're going to want to keep your eye on that because it's going to be a great card. But this past week, there's a company that I think that a lot of guys would appreciate, or, or ladies, mm-hmm. if, you're into, if you're into that indie-style wrestling, like the AEW NXT-style wrestling. I got a perfect one for you. It's called Freelance Pro Wrestling. Yes. It's out of Chicago, Illinois. I know we've talked about them in the past. They had a great co- uh, show that went down this week. It was uh, Freelance Presents Purple Poppies Big Birthday Blowout. And the Purple Poppy is is a man named Matt Nix. He is one of the uh, legends of the Chicago area and one of the founders of freelance wrestling. So a lot of people in the Chicago scene got their start because Matt Nix was a great pro wrestler who you know local on the local scene who then started to become a, a really good promoter that you don't hear bad things about. So. Mm-hmm. They were celebrating his birthday. One of his nicknames is the Purple Poppy. He comes out the Purple Rain. I love Matt Nick, so happy birthday to him. I sent him a happy birthday on Twitter as well. Let's talk about the show. I'm just going to give you guys some winners, and uh, you can hear some of the people that were on this show. Uh, in the first contest, there was a five-way scramble match, and it was a women's match. Misa Kate defeated Blair Onyx, Guerra de Brizanas, and Kylie Ray and Laney Luck. In seven minutes and one second, it was a really good match. Kylie Ray was the surprise entrant because she's back from one of her 50 retirements. And yeah, yeah, she forfeited the, she was the freelance world champion. Okay. And then she had to forfeit the belt. They, you're going to hear the two semifinal matches were on this card. So you're going to hear what the finals are going to be as well. Uh, next up, we had a single match. Uh, Cody Lane defeated Everett Connors in an eight minute 57 match. Everett Connors, very good. Uh, of course, you know, the love story in JCW mm-hmm. uh, with him and Charlie Evans is, is amazing. So yes. it's going to be awesome to continue to see. 
in the first of the two freelance world title tournament semifinal matches, Chicago legend Craig Mitchell defeated GPA in nine minutes and 52 seconds. This was a great match. Uh, if you don't remember, Greg Mitchell was the guy on the show that we watched that lawn darted Mance Warner oh, okay. over the barricade. Or no, not Matt Lance Warner, Shane Mercer over Mercer. the barricade. Yeah. That is who Craig Mitchell is. Very talented wrestler. Oh, shit. Uh, next up, we had a tag team match. The Rockin' Horses, Dan the Dead and Warhorse, defeated Hysteria, Cole Radrick, and Sage Phillips in 12 minutes and 56 seconds. Man, Warhorse is phenomenal. Yeah, Warhorse and Dan is the great. Dad, if you've never seen Dan the Dad, he's got a great gimmick and he's awesome. I, I've heard about it. I've not got a chance he to wears, catch it. He wears the, he doesn't wear short shorts, but he wears the jean shorts. He okay. wears a polo to the ring that he takes off and he's got dad shoes on. Oh, that's incredible. And he has a coffee mug when he comes out. It's that's great. incredible. It's a great gimmick. He's a really awesome. good wrestler too. Uh, next up, we had a tremendous singles match. Storm Grayson got the win over Jordan Oliver in 11 minutes and 23 seconds. Uh, the East Coast ace looking like the East Coast ace only can. Storm Grayson, man, super talented wrestler. He's the guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, they're definitely got some big names going on through there. And like I said, Jordan Oliver, if you're not on board yet, I don't know what you were waiting on. Angel Escalera and the Bang Bros, August Matthews and Davey Bang, defeated the Take It Home Wreckers. God, Collins and Darren Corbin in nine minutes and five seconds. Corbin and Connors are, are Collins are really big heels. Their third man was actually out injured last minute, and they couldn't get anybody to replace them because a good story because of their heels. They're such mm -hmm. asshole heels. Oh, that's good. But your main event of the evening was the other semifinals match in the freelance world title tournament. The Ego, Robert Anthony, defeated Effie. I did catch this. In 12 minutes and 41 seconds to move on. So it'll be Craig Mitchell versus Robert Ego Anthony. Amazing. Robert Anthony is so damn good. Uh, Lou says, I think a fan just jumped the barricade and attacked Seth Rollins. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mistake number one. Uh, well, hopefully somebody whoops that guy's ass. Yes. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. Freelance. If you're looking for a good wrestling product to watch, I definitely give a stamp of approval to Freelance. Uh, their next, they're all, their live events are always on IWTV. You can watch them live and they're on demand. So you can check out the past history. As a matter of fact, Freelance has two programs. There's the regular Freelance, and then there's the Freelance Underground. Uh, both are very good. Both are kind of the same, almost in the same breath. A uh, little more talent. You know, it's it's some cool shit. So check out Freelance Wrestling for sure on IWTV. That is my pick of the week in the indies. Let's talk some, let's talk some GCW news, shall we? Yes, indeed. GCW. Tickets went on sale this week for the... Uh, December shows, well, the, the end of the year shows, December 31st and January 1st in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Of course, on December 31st, it's Till Infinity. And on January 1st, it's Die For This. And, of course, also going on sale for Patreons only today and going on sale for everybody on noon on Wednesday, the tickets for January 23rd for the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City for Run, Run the World. GCW Run the World is the name of the show. Also announced the inaugural year of GCW is now presenting the uh, GCW and Orange Crush sorry, mm -hmm. are now presenting the inaugural year of the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Such a cool idea too. And we have three inductees already. I don't know how many there's going to be in the inaugural class, but there's three, and here are the three. Ruckus. Yes. Number two, Jerry Lynn. Well deserving. Number three, 
is is somebody that we love here in New York State. Trust me. The notorious 187 mm-hmm. homicide. And there is nobody more indie than homicide. So those three men are the first three inductees. There will be more inductees. I do know inducting uh, Jerry Lynn into the Hall of Fame. I, Sean? I do believe it's Sean Waltman. Mm-hmm. Inducting Ruckus is Chris Dickinson. Or no, is he? No, no he's, he's, he's inducting homicide. And Chris and uh, Ruckus is being inducted in. I can't remember who's being inducted in now. But uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a night. It's the night before GCW run this town. Also, uh, we got some big match announcements. Uh, the return to uh, California. We've got Bandito on the card, and he is gonna take on Jonathan Gresham. Ruckus is by Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt. There you go. So we've got some uh, more Bandito signings. Uh, pretty much every show in December, with the exception of the Atlantic City show so far, has got Bandito on him, including a match at Blood in the Hills between uh, Blake Christian and Bandito. How fucking good Tony is that Gappin be? versus Bandito is going to happen in Dallas. <laughs> hey, hey, Lu- <laughs> Lou says, hey, Luigi's in. Quick question, which Omega and Okada match is your favorite? That's right, the stream question. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good luck. I love Lord. the stream question. Yes. But GCW is wrecking shit right now. I know that they're almost sold out for the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We will be there in person. Myself, Big Natty Cool Diesel, my kid uh, Crazy Curtis Gaiman will be there for the 31st and 1st and for the Hammerstein Ballroom uh, in New York City on January 23rd. So we'll be uh, hopefully uh, taking some pictures, taking some video maybe, and posting it to everybody and telling you how it felt to be in the building at a sold-out GCW show. Last time I was at a sold-out GCW show, it was Homecoming. And uh, we all know how that ended, and it was amazing. So yes. can't wait for it. Also announced for the December 31st, announced we have Drew Parker returning to the United States of America Fuck and yeah. returning to GCW. Uh, cannot wait to see him. And then on January 1st, it is being rumored, heavily rumored, though, that we're going to get the payoff from the Nick Gage Invitational. It will be Alex Cologne versus the Duke, John Wayne Murdoch. And who is he bait? Who is Alice Clone bait? That's going to be an absolutely brutal match. Uh, Lou says, yeah, Pat, uh, Maslin, I saw that too. Had to rewind it three or four times to make sure I saw what I saw. So there you go. Pat and Lou have both seen somebody jump the guardrail, and it looks like they uh, came after Seth Rollins. I mean, there's easier guys to go after. Yes. Well, guess. Well, sorry. Before we switch from GCW, I just want to give a quick plug to Headlock Comics. Because what they're doing now is, uh, to quote their tweet, from now until the end of the year, they're offering a GCW show poster bundle to help out some of the GCW wrestlers who have been injured and out of uh, out of commission right now. Chris Dickinson, Mance Warner, and Starboard Charlie. So 100% of the uh, bundle proceeds are going to be split between the three of them. So if you want to, go search uh, at Headlocked Comics. Or Headlock Comic is a Twitter handle. You can definitely go pick it up, the mystery bundle. And like I said, I did. It's five random prints. For thirty dollars, that's awesome. It's a very good thing. There's also uh, the, the independent community comes together really well. There's a lot of guys out with injuries currently, and it really sucks. Uh, you know, Dan Housen's out as well. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're buying some of his merch and stuff. But those guys have been uh, people have been taking care of them. So I, I'm I'm very happy because the independent wrestling community is a very good community. Yes, I will have to say that, and everybody takes care of everybody. There's also some streams going down for benefits for them as well. It's 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 really good shit, man. Uh, all right, Ken, we're moving on because I promised this last week. New Japan Wrestling Time. And Let's uh, go. right now we got the World Tag League and 
the best of the Super Juniors coming up. And we're going to give you the up-to-date standings on both tournaments currently, uh, starting with World Tag League. And World Tag League, as we stand currently, in uh, we have one, two, three, four teams tied for last place currently. Mind you, it's early. Mm. And uh, they have zero points each with 0-3 records. The teams of Minoru Suzuki and Takamichinoku. Mm-hmm. Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask. Okay. Evil and Yujihiro Takahashi. Okay. And Hamana and Makabe. So all of the senior teams, with the exception of Evil and uh, Takahashi, are all kind of going falling 0-3 so far in Tag League. Still early, though. Next up, we only have one team with two points and a 1-2 and two record, and it's the team of Kojima and Tenzan. Talk about a legendary team. Yeah. Both former IWGP World Champions, both former Tag Champions together. They, they are the legends of the business. Uh, we have a one, two, three, four place tied next with uh, four points and two and one. We have the United Empire team of Great Okan and Aaron Hunterai. Uh By the way, speaking of guys who had really bad G1 climaxes but are putting it together in Tag League, Hiroki Goto and Yoshi- Yoshihashi hmm. are a team, and they are got four points. Uh, bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens also with four points. And the team of Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga, the G-O-D, has got four points. Next up, uh, we have a three-way tie for first place with six points, which means they are 3-0. and Those teams are Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi, the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toriyanu, and then, of course, the LIJ team of Tetsuya Naito and Sonata. And that is how I was waking up. The World Tag League will start back up tomorrow okay. with the next rounds going on. So make sure you're keeping an eye on that on NGPWWorld.com. Also on NJPWWorld.com, we also have the best of the Super Juniors. Yes. Here are the results for that. And uh, we have one person in last place with no points, 0 and 4, and that's Yo of Rapongi 3K. Okay. Next up, with, uh, next up, we have a two-way tie with two points, 1 and 3, with the United Empire's Master Watto and Bullet Club's El Phantasmo. Surprised by that. Yes. Uh, next, we have one person with three points because they are one, two, and one. So they got a point for being one. And it is Suzuki Goon's Des- El Desperado, who is also your reigning champion. He is the, light, he is the uh, hmm. junior white champion. Next up, with a, we have one, two, three, four people tied with four points and a two and two record. And that is the legendary Taguchi, LIJ's Bushi, Bullet Club's Robbie Eagles. And Doki. Eagle's doing strong work there. Yeah, he's doing pretty good work. Next up, we have one person with five points with a 2-1-1 one, and one record representing LIJ. And he is a former Super Junior champion, of course. We're talking about the ticking time bomb, Hamaru Takahashi. Mm-hmm. And then we have two people tied with six points with three and one records. And that is Bullet Club's bone soldier, Taji Ishimori. And Suzuki Goon's Kanamura. Surprisingly enough. Yeah, I was going to say. And in Seoul, possession of first place currently with a 4-0 record, and that gives him eight points. The other member, well, they used to be Rapagi 3K, and then they broke up. Yeah. But he is now representing the Bullet Club, and I'm talking about show. Hell yeah. So show is, uh, he dropped that dead weight. Yo, no wins. Show, all the wins. I guess we know who the Marty Gennetti of that team was. Facts. Hi-oh. <laughs> uh, and the Super Juniors kicks back off on Wednesday. 
So Wednesday is that NASDAQ spec up. Next week, we will give you a standings. We'll be closer to the end of the round robins, getting into the finals. And of course, if you don't already know, the winner of the World Tag League will be getting a shot at the IWGP World Tag Team Champions, the heavyweight tag team champions, mm-hmm. I should say. And the winner of the best of the Super Juniors will, uh, of course, January 4th or 5th, because now they break it up because of Wrestle Kingdom. And the winner of the best of Super Juniors will be getting their shot at either the 4th or 5th of Wrestle Kingdom for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Always a fun time. Wrestle Always Kingdom. a great time. Wrestle Kingdom time. We're we're solidifying. We're getting there. Cannot wait. Cannot. I, I, this is my favorite time of year for New Japan. As we build up into Wrestle Kingdom, it's always a blast. And I mean, if you guys aren't familiar and if you're not big New Japan fans, this is a good time to check it out because Wrestle Kingdom is possibly one of, if not the greatest wrestling show of the year. Only behind, really only behind. WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Well, we are going to take a break. If you're watching on stream, this is our final break of the day. If you're watching on stream, you are going to see the information for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. Hell yeah. But if you are at home and on stream, you're also going to hear the sultry sounds of our good friend, Second Suitor. So it's, it's getting pretty to winter time. It's getting cold in the Northeast. We're about yeah. to have that snow. So we're going to play some sprinkles for you. And uh, you can check out Second Suitor on Bandcamp. YouTube Music and Spotify, and I suggest you do because they're fucking awesome. Yes, and we are working on getting Tyler in studio for, for the show. show. Yeah, he's a huge wrestling fan. I- I'd like to get him on around the buildup for uh, Wrestle Kingdom because he's a big New Japan. Yeah, fan he, I, well, I was talking to him a couple days ago, and he's definitely trying to work schedules out to do it. So whenever we can have him it, on, so. I'll be happy to have him on. But I, I definitely uh, I, I want to get his take on New Japan because he's a huge New Japan fan just like me. So with that being said, we're going to hear that break. When we come back, it's the main event of the show. We're talking AEW. There's a few pieces of news. Plus, I got some friendly, friendly, friendly information that I think would help out AEW. And so doesn't Ken M. So mm-hmm. we'll be right back after this break. of this week's 607 TWS. And uh, what a better way to end with some all elite wrestling news. Of course, coming off of a huge, huge, huge full gear Mm pay-per-view. 
With the exception of your life. So now I, I'm going to open with that, by the way. Yes. Because I think it's funny. So today I, I opened my mail, my email, that is. And I had a survey from BR in my meeting. And it said the title of the survey is, How was your experience of AEW full gear? And the first thing that went off in my head as soon as I saw that email was, It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. Yeah. Let's just say, let's just say, that I gave them one hell, one hell of a fucking review, man. <laughs> I was like, would you ever get another pay-per-view from BR? Nope. Nope. Which, <laughs> what was wrong? I, I, woo, woo, I laid in. I laid it in. Laid down the pipe. Michael Buffer just called. He wants 50K for the soundbite usage. Uh, good luck with that. Let him know. <laughs> Let him know. Good luck. Good luck. If I haven't been flagged yet, we're good. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, BR, send me an, e- an email. They obviously didn't pay attention. And obviously, my email that I use for BR is attached to our podcast. Mm-hmm. So you had to know where those tweets were coming from. Yes. Very big mistake. I did also put in there, I hope, they said, what What can we do to resolve this? And I put, hopefully, AEW moves all their pay- makes all their pay-per-views available on Fight because we never have problems with Fight. Facts. Never. 1,000% facts. So... Fuck you, BR. Take that shit. Uh, first big piece of news that uh, we should be talking about, obviously, and a bit of sad news, if you will. We knew that Kenny Omega would be staying away from wrestling for a little while mm-hmm. uh, due to some multiple, actually multiple injuries. He's getting a couple surgeries, having some some work done. Uh, that he's put off for, I, I've heard, a two long years. long time. So uh, he is today, has been announced today as we are going live, that uh, he is forfeiting the AAA uh, champion of cha- uh, champions, mm-hmm. so the the so he's forfeiting the belt, which I think is a good move. Yes, because it doesn't look like he's going to be back to wrestling. I, I've heard soon. the I've heard the window is like six to nine months. Yeah. at the earliest. I'd say we will be lucky to see him at uh, double or nothing at the earliest, and our speedy and healthy well wishes for. Oh, him absolutely! Too. I I hope he takes his time. He's yes. definitely earned it. I, the fact that he's been putting a company on his back and running injured for two years, gotta give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just, just go ahead and uh, another big announcement that came out of last week's Dynamite. We know on December 15th is the next big special. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Of course, if you remember last year's Winter is Coming, that's where Kenny Omega won the AEW World Championship. So it's a big show and big deal for them. That'll be on the Dynamite on December 15th. So mm-hmm. Good announcement there. Lou says, I can't wait for Triple Mania. Neither can I. But there's a big show coming up in December. Yes. Because that's where they're going to make the announcement about the title. So uh, if uh, if I get any word on that, Lou, we might we might have to watch that. I might even stream that. Nino. Nino Hamburguesa. Nino Hamburguesa. Or Mr. Iguana. Yes. That's that's who I root for. It'll probably be Thanos. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Brian Cage in, yeah. a, in a Thanos costume. But still. Such a good show. It was a great show. Lots of fun. It was even better because it was in Spanish. So we were just making up our own storylines. It was yes. great. We had the cartel against the federales. <laughs> I don't know if that's real, but that's what I had. It, it worked. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So uh, let's get into it, though. So this is going to be kind of, I'm going to mix in some of my feelings about last week's Dynamite into uh, some of my things that I think AEW needs to do. 
Because this is where AEW needs to strike where the iron's hot. We keep talking about how they've tried some things and it doesn't appear to have worked. And they've lost some viewership. It is not a lie. We don't really bank on it. But this is the time when people are disgruntled, unhappy with World Wrestling Entertainment. As we've all pointed out, you're not going to win over those marks. But there's enough casuals out there that you could bring in. Mm -hmm. There's enough people you could start swaying towards the side of all the wrestling. If you play your cards right. Obviously, the additions of Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, and CM Punk were not the the barn burner they hoped for. Right. Obviously, the additions prior to that of Andrade and uh, Malachi. Malachi Black were not. You know, but it's fine. They're still all talented guys. That's the whole key. What do we say? And this is the first bit that I want to talk about, Ken. What do we say coming out of Full Gear? What did Full Gear do that we said overall was great for AEW? It was a love letter to the fans. Right. And it motivated the base. It motivated yes. the crazy fan, hardcore fan base because they finally crowned the guy that they were waiting for. And mm-hmm. it was a perfect timing. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is we now know how to energize the base. Let's give them some of what they want. And that means we need to give big wins to the up-and-comers, the guys who are already there, the guys we want to see. And that means that Adam Page doesn't, you don't need, he needs to continue to be champion for the time being. Oh, facts. He needs to defeat Brian Danielson. Yeah. Because if you hand that belt to Brian Danielson, all you are saying, once again, is that our homemade talent ain't shit. Mm-hmm. On top of that, MJF needs to beat CM Punk. He can't just be another cog in the CM Punk roll over everybody machine, which I fear is going to happen. What is the first message I sent you this past week on Dynamite? First message I sent, as soon as I seen CM Punk come out, I was like, oh, great. They're going to yep. feed MJF to CM Punk. Oh, here we go. And sure enough. And and I'm sorry. I know some people were excited about that promo. I wasn't. You know why? Because MJF went out there to cut a promo or whatever. I understand they set it up beforehand. Obviously, I'm not stupid. Mm. But the fact that he's like, go, MJF, and holds his hand out, and Punk just turns his back and laughs and walks away, his music kicks on, like you're not worth my time? That's not a good way to treat your star. No, how they handled that with MJF, like, I, in principle, because I remember I tweeted out the minute I heard that music, I'm like, okay, we're finally going to get this. Like, let's go. And then Punk gets in there and does that. It's like, what are you doing with MJF? And if you're MJF, and you're this heel that everybody's built up, and he is one of the best heels in the business. Facts. He should have sat there and been quiet. Mm-hmm. He should have started yelling on that microphone. He should have been like, don't turn your back on me. Yeah. Listen, you just look like an old mechanic. Who are you? You haven't done shit. You haven't beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. MJF, uh, Lucas MJF is the perfect person for Punk's first defeat. Absolutely. But I he fear it's going to be the other way around. They already fed Darby Allen to the guy. Mm-hmm. And Darby's over like gangbusters. But Darby had it. See, like, the thing is, I, I mean, it I, didn't I, hurt. It didn't hurt Darby. I agree with you because Darby's like in this weird place where even if he loses, the, he, he doesn't lose the crowd. You know why? Because he's over. Yeah. Spelled O V E R. Yeah. But that's the whole thing. It's like he, in MJF's case, they need to build him up. And it, like, you would think, like, they don't need to because he's their, their top heel if they let him be the heel. I mean, other than the Rhodes Lander, but that's a whole different kind of heat level. But. They need to have him start winning and getting near a belt. Because when when MJF went like this, I'm like, Sammy Guevara. 
that's the perfect guy you beat, and then MJF can be the chicken shit heel, and then you can do the CM well, Punk Well, he thing. did the perfect thing. He came out in Virginia, the home state of mm. the new AEW world champion. Right. And he said, he called him out. He said, I'm going to take that belt from you. Perfect. Yeah. Yay. Salute. And the whole thing with Punk, and my problem with it, and this is a problem I have with AEW from time to time, is that like you had a perfect opportunity to paint the, the picture better. And I get Punk blowing him off and you're not whatever. But to have your loudmouth heel just go silent? Yeah, that was a bad look. It looks bad on MJF because MJF doesn't go silent for anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody. He usually says the most viscerally hateful things when you disrespect him. Mm-hmm. And it should have continued there. And then you could have decided whether Punk wanted to jump in that ring or not. I wouldn't have let him touch. No, But that's why you have the heater in the ring. You got Big Wardlow there. Mm -hmm. There's no way Punk's going to get to MJF. You see what I mean? Yeah. He slides in, Wardlow steps in between, and and MJF slides out the back side of the ring and then turns his back on him. That's how that segment should have ended. But it came off, once again, making Punk look super strong. And I get it. I get it. Punk is a star. I get it. However... He's not the one that him coming in didn't boost your ratings through the roof like you had hoped. Like I thought it would. Yeah, we all thought it would. But it didn't. So ECA, what up? Yeah, JT in the house. Hey, what up, JT? So my my problem is, my point is, is I thought that that segment should end different. And that is one of the things, like I said, it's going to go overall with what AEW needs to start doing. The base, your fans, the ravenous fans love who they love, and they love the young guys that you've built up. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, that's in spite of some bad booking choices. Yes. MJF has only lost three matches in his, his entire AEW career, mm-hmm. but has no title wins. Yeah, it doesn't make any damn sense. So, and, and you have, like, you know, another person they love, Sammy Guevara. And I'm glad he kept the belt, but he could have kept the belt while making... Jay Lethal looks stronger than he was. Because oh. you have a new guy coming in in yeah. Jay Lethal, a guy that you obviously thought was worth enough that you gave him a spotlight on one of your pay-per-views, and since you only have four a year, that's a big spot. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Right before the main event. And what did you do? Was it a great match? Absolutely. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But Guevara, who does a good job of selling, for the most part, is selling this rib injury he's had. But all of a sudden, at the end of the match, after he couldn't lift him, he finally conquers him and lifts him up and hits him with his version of the GTS for the fucking win. Yeah. The strong win. So that's another thing. They need to work on not every win has to be strong. No. My biggest complaint about full gear, with the exception of the Rhodes Lander, (laughs) my biggest complaint was the ending of the CM Punk Kingston match. Because after this beautiful match that told a beautiful story. Mm Mm-hmm. Beautiful match. Told a beautiful story. And what did they do? They had Punk have three minutes of unadulterated offense at the end of the match. Yeah. So he went over super strong. I mean, yes, we had that SF. Uh, JT said, nah, I can't pull for Sammy for his comments. They just don't, doesn't go away. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get not pulling for him. But once again, I'm not pulling for him. I'm just saying after a match, he shouldn't be going over that strong. Right. Especially when you have a guy debuting. It doesn't fare well for making somebody a big deal. Yeah, they just booked that match wrong. They could have made it. They could have been a. It should have been a roll up. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, it should have been a small package, because that sells the injury. You got it out by the skin of your teeth. You can have respect. Call it a day. Yeah. But that's the same thing in the Kingston Punk match. Punk doesn't need to go over looking strong. He's already a star, arguably the biggest or second biggest star on your roster. Period. Bar none in wrestling. Probably the biggest. I would assume he's bigger than. 
Well, over time, history says Jericho's better, but you know what I mean. Yeah, facts. So that's a problem. So on top of like making sure you push these young guys, the Jungle Boys of the world, the Darby Allens, the MJFs, the guys that and the Hangman Pages, the guys that people want to see win because it elevates your base and gets them excited for what's next. That's the perfect opportunity to use some of these stars mm-hmm. that you're bringing in. And I'm not saying they have to lose all the time. I'm just saying that how bad is it if the first title defense for Hangman Page is Brian Danielson, who I was glad he turned heel, because there's not many people that I like as a heel more than Brian Danielson. I got five. uh, Because I've got five is one of the greatest things in in wrestling. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. But if you have him take the belt off him, that makes Hangman Page a transitional champion. Yes. And I'm assuming that that match is going to go down on December 15th. I'm assuming. Logically speaking, it would because they like they don't like having those matches drag onto the pay per views. Yeah, that, well, this is also kind of their pay per view, right? That's the they thing. Do, they like, do the specials do special and, uh, events. Eventually, and next year we won't have these dynamite specials because we'll have the TNT specials, right? So the you, you get Clash four, of you, get, you get four of them a year. Mm-hmm. So you'll have four of them plus four pay per views, which is eight. Yeah. So you might still have a couple of these dynamite specials because they'd like to run one every month. But I think you're going to see four of the the TNT specials with four pay per views. So that's eight big huge events. Mm-hmm. So something like Winter is Coming may actually be. A TNT special. I don't know for right. sure. But I'm just I'm spinning it all out there because they seem to treat this like a big deal. Right. Because last year, like I said, Kenny Omega became champion at Winter is Coming. Sting debuted, I believe. Sting also debuted. So so let's go back to it. So what, what we need to do if you're AEW is rally the base. Let's start to pay off some of those stars that you have. And like, like I agree with you, Ken, guys like Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy, you don't necessarily have to win matches because the fan base, they're over. Yeah. They're over. They do no wrong. They do no wrong. The fan base, it doesn't matter. Wins, you get to a pot spot where wins and losses don't matter. And, and belts don't matter. Darby Allen doesn't need to hold a title. Darby Allen is Darby Allen. He's an attraction to himself. I'm not saying not give the man a belt. Because mm-hmm. I think he's very good. I, I think he's he, he's reckless, but I think he's very good. Make a cruiserweight division and let him run free there. That'd be awesome. That would really be awesome yes. on the roster. Uh, but, uh, you know, and same with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, very good. Not as reckless as Darby. No, no, way. Darby's on a whole but different level. that gimmick is over. And you got other guys coming in, allegedly, that are also over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next thing I, I really want to throw out there, so there's that, and then there's not every match has to end strong. Yes. And that's a problem in AEW, and we kind of touched on that, and that's pretty much where I'm at. There is a place for roll-ups. There is a place yeah. for, for the screw job, like the real screw job ending. You know why the ending to Darby and MJF was so good? It was a screw ending. Yes. MJF pulled the heel move, hit him with the ring, and got the cover. Vintage storytelling. It's great storytelling. And then you know what? People want to see that match again mm-hmm. and they want to see it next time as a street fight right. they want to see it where darby can get his get some revenge on the heel it's great storytelling that's what they need to start doing it's little things little things uh another thing that i think that they really need to do and i mean obviously we always say titan production so i'm not even gonna bother they need to get better at the camera cuts they need to get better they need to cut down the fucking four-man commentating crew because we don't need that mm-hmm Tony Schiavone in the ring for interviews sometimes is cool. A lot of times it doesn't make any difference because yeah. he comes out, the guy snatches the mic from him, and he fucks off anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no point to it. <laughs> Which I wouldn't expect MJF to do anything different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, so really where I, I'm going to next is you need to define, and I understand it's a bad word in AEW, but you do need to define the mid card and the main event. Oh, Absolutely. Because the TNT, you can't have two championships that are equal. You can't. 
It's impossible. Tony Khan even kind of said that in our, in our meeting. Mm-hmm. He said that both belts can't be the same because that devalues one. It's true. And he wasn't really the one, you know, rooting for that. That was Cody Rhodes. This is Roselander. Because Rhodes thinks that you can do wrestling in a different way, and you mm-hmm. can't, I and mean, you should never believe Rhodes because, you know, he's probably single-handedly the most hated guy in the company, and he won't turn heel. Yeah. He won't do what's good for business. The heat that he had coming off his match killed that full gear crowd. He killed that fucking women's match. It was good after mm-hmm. it. Ty Conti worked her ass off. Britt Baker worked her ass off. They had a great match. And the crowd was like, eh, eh, fuck, who cares? Yeah. Cody Rhodes was just here. Eh. We booed the shit out. Pac! Pac, who they've been cheering on and giving ovations to. They booed him. Poor yeah. guy. Poor guy. This is wild. Uh, we'll get to Cody Rhodes in a minute. But uh, so, like, you, like, things like that have to change. You have to define the mid card. There's nothing wrong with having a strong mid card. Perfect case in point. For those of us who are older, we'll remember this even better. I'm sure Lou will remember this. I know Ken remembers. Mm. The golden era of World Wrestling Federation, the 1980s. How great was it to have the two belts? You had the world title. Mm-hmm. Yes, Cody has that X-Pac. Absolutely. Thank you, Lou. Uh, you had the world title. Hulk Hogan running strong. Hulkamania, brother. Running wild. And then underneath that, you had the workers' belt. Mm-hmm. You had the mid-card title. Hmm. Remember the 1980s, Ken? Who were some of those kind of champions? Well, Macho see. Man Randy Savage? Macho Man Randy Savage. Ricky, Ricky the, the Dragon, Dragon Steamboat. Steamboat. Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Kurt Hennig. Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett the Hitman Hart. Shawn Michaels. Razor Ramon. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Oh, my God. Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude. The Ultimate Warrior before his ascent to the title. Shit. Think about it. Every guy who became WWF champion held the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Because Hogan. Well, except for Hogan. Yeah. Hogan was Hogan. Different, okay? different ball game. Well, there. again, Hogan was packing the asses in the seats. Yeah. But when Hogan wasn't champion, Macho Man was champion. Former IC champion. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior. Warrior was champion. Former IC champion. The first guy that wasn't IC champion was uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Mm. And they just snuck him They but snuck him in there for a storyline. Yeah. Uh, Lou said, I see was the number one contender for a time. We need that back. Exactly. That's what AEW should do. They have so many talented guys that, that the, the TNT title should be the stepping stone to becoming AEW world champion. I'm not saying everybody has to get the AEW championship because as we noticed, Rick Steamboat, never WWF champion. Mm. Should have been, never was. Rick Rude. Rick Rude should have been, wasn't. Kerr Hennig should have been, wasn't. But does that make their careers any less? No. no because we still talk about them because they're Hall of Famers and they're some of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. Brett the Hitman Hart was Intercontinental Champion, became World Champion. Shawn Michaels, Intercontinental Champion, became World Champion. If you do it when it was like that, then WWE and the Attitude Era got away from that and they just became props. Mm-hmm. That belt in particular, the IC title, really became a prop. There, you know, Val Venus was champion. <laughs> like, that's all I need to say. But uh, let's get back to like AEW could do this where the TNT champion is a stepping stone. And does that mean Sammy Guevara has to be AEW champion? No. No, no. But it means that, hey, right now we're putting the belt on Sammy Guevara. He's the next biggest guy. Oh, man, he's going to lose that belt to an MJF. Because mm-hmm. MJF is in line for that title. Guess what? We're going to put that belt, you know, on, you know, Darby Allen already held it. Main of, you know, he's over. Yeah. 
AEW, but wins and losses matter. That rankings matter, right? No, absolutely not. And that's the next thing they need to get rid of. Who cares? Yeah, the rankings are done. Who cares? You want to know why? Because pro wrestling is the best place to tell a story. Because that's what you do. It's a it's a work. So you tell stories. Mm-hmm. And you know what's better than an underdog story? Nothing. Nothing. Listen, I was at WrestleMania 35. What is the biggest underdog story that happened at WrestleMania 35? And it was on the pre-show. Kurt Hawkins. Yep. Lost 263 matches in a row. And at WrestleMania... Him and Broski become tag team champions. And he, and he got the pin yeah. in his first win in 263 losses. You know how excited the people were? That crowd popped. Both of them New York boys, both from Long Island. Yeah. And on top of that, we had watched him lose 263 times. It's crazy. But he was in a title but, fight, Rich. That doesn't worked. make any sense with rankings. Of course it doesn't. But it makes sense with Cinderella's story, and it's amazing. Everybody falls for it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Right now, you could take the love of, like, like, think about it. Why do people root for Orange Cassidy? And it's not that he loses a ton of matches, but that's the kind of character he is. He's the lovable loser type. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes out there, the crowd loves him. You could put him on an epic losing streak, and the crowd would still love Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. I've, Same with Darby played. Allen, although I don't want to see that, because I think Darby's should be in a different spot than that one. But mm. you could. Yeah. And once again, you know why? Because they're over. You know what else would help? If you got somebody over that way. Like, imagine, like, right now, you're like, man, what am I going to do to make, you know, a powerhouse Hobbs come along? Well, let's put him on an epic losing streak, and people are going to be like, oh, man, we feel bad for the guy if you turn him face. <gasps> oh, my God, he got the big win. Mm-hmm. You can't do that when rankings. Lou says, WWE about to come to terms with releases of Nikki Cross. She and Rhea just lost the tag belts. Corey Graves is going to be happy tonight. His <laughs> <laughs> pad said, Jesus. Oh, man, I feel bad. But that's, that's another thing they need to do. I think they really need to go away from the rankings. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to start pushing. Like like I said, right now, let's move the base. Let's start doing everything the WWE is doing wrong. And I'm not talking about just releasing people. But not having storylines. Having uninteresting things. Having dumbass people win matches and belts. That is what you need to avoid and do the, co- the complete opposite right now, TK. Uncle TK, listen to me. Yeah. This is what you need to do. Let's still book some stories. And you guys started to do that. You did a great job with the Omega Hangman story. You're doing a decent job right now with this Brian Danielson Hangman story if you continue on this route. Yeah, drop the ball a little bit on MJF and uh, Punk, but we have time. Yeah, that, it's, that it's an easy time. rebound. It's an easy rebound because both of those guys are great on the mic. So it'll take just one night of promo back and forth to get that in. This is like Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston can have a bad night because you give him a microphone and the night is going to be good no matter how you look at it. I love his one last week. I'm going yeah. to catering. So good. Such a great fucking line. Just sh- Once again, somebody be like, well, he's, wasn't he just shitting on, on, on those guys and shit all over him? No, but what else is he supposed to do? Yeah, exactly. 2.0 and Daniel Garcia are not a threat to Eddie Kingston. So Eddie Kingston's going to treat them like bitches. Mm-hmm. That's what he should be doing. And it doesn't hurt anybody because wh- you know what happens if you treat somebody like a, like, let's say Daniel Garcia steps up on his own and defeats Eddie Kingston instantly. That kid's over. Yeah. Ah, even if he loses, it doesn't really hurt him too much because he lost to Eddie Kingston. Yeah. A guy who just wrestled CM Punk, a guy who has wrestled John Moxie, a guy who has been in a main event of a pay-per-view for a title. He plays with house money. That's right. And he'll put you over with his mouth. Mm hmm. This is the kind of things that they need to focus on. Eddie Kingston is the leader of that locker room. People will believe what Eddie Kingston tells them to believe. 
He's the heart and soul of AEW. Think about it. There was some booze in that crowd at Full Gear for CM Punk mm-hmm. because they believe what Eddie Kingston told them, which may or may not have been a shoot. Just yeah. throwing it out there. May or may not have been. CM Punk's not known as the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. But what we need to stop doing is feeding guys to CM Punk. CM Punk, if... Okay, here's my point. If CM Punk came in and your ratings instantly went to like 2 million, okay, then we feed everybody to him. Absolutely. We feed everybody. And I mean everybody. The Rhodes Ladder. You look at Tony Khan, you look at the Rhodes Ladder, you say you lay your fucking ass down in that ring and pretend you're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. He's going to pin you every night. We're going to make him beat you five times in a row on Dynamite and no pay-per-view. Why? Because you were at 2 million. <laughs> yeah. But since that didn't happen and it's actually gone the other direction, what you now need to do is go, hey, what gets our fans excited? And what gets them excited is that homegrown talent or that talent that we've seen on AEW, like an Eddie Kingston, uh, uh, Orange Cassidy, a uh, Hangman Page, a Jungle Boy, mm-hmm. Darby Allen. The list goes on and on. And by no means do I mean they should win every week because they shouldn't, but they should be featured and focused on. Last but certain, uh, there's two more points that I want to make, and I'm going to turn it over to you because in case I missed anything. The women's division needs an overhaul. There are some talented ladies in that women's division, and they are all in the TBS title tournament, and none of them are vying for the AEW Women's Championship. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. The TBS title is going to mean a lot more than the AEW Women's World Championship. Why? Because all the stars are over there. <laughs> like, come it's on. a loaded tournament. Then... From day one, you told us tag teams. Let's eliminate the Bucks for a while, brother. Because I saw a great tag team match between the Lucha Bros and the FTR. There's a rumor that them boys are on their way. And I don't want to see them boys do a job to the fucking Young Bucks. I want to see them boys against FTR. I want to see them boys against Lucha Bros. I want to see them boys against some of these young tag teams. Yo, remember when Private Party was the fucking team of the future? Yep. Why aren't they the team of the future? Get them away from Matt Hardy and remind us why they're the team of the future because they're super talented. The Butcher and the Blade. Why are they doing jobs for Matt Hardy because you don't think of anything else for them to do? Just have a great tag team match. That's what they should be doing. The acclaim should get broken up, though. Well, yeah, Caster's on a whole different level. Caster is just great at running his mouth, and I feel bad because Anthony Bowen's a real good wrestler. Yeah, he should be doing a singles run. That's just my personal opinion. No, I'm with you on that. Nothing has masked Caster because I guess on a singles run he could run his mouth and it'd be fine. He could be the Enzo, but I don't need him in a tag because he's just holding. I think he's holding Anthony Bowen's back because I think he's a great singles wrestler. But you have so many great teams, and you have some teams on their way that we know of. Or allegedly. Yeah, you know, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. And even more, possibly. Let's go, man. You guys have the world by the balls. Just make them decisions right. Got anything you want to add in there, Ken? Just a, quick, a couple of quick points. One, and but this is more to TK, but I think we've addressed this before. For your pay-per-views, I think if you're going to take the chance, lower the price for them. Oh, From yeah. 50, take it down to 30. Because by this, I think you'll have more people that will be more invested in spending the money for a revolution, which you don't need to have a crazy barbed wire exploding deathmatch, whatever you were trying to do with Kings, or, uh, Moxley and Omega. But if you give them a quality card like Full Gear for less price, people will tune in because it's a deal. And it makes a lot of sense to do that to entice fans who have been so used to the WWE and they're so jaded right now. It's time to really rope in new fans as much as you can. Pull them in and definitely make them say, I'm with AEW. Secondly, 
to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about the women's division, I completely think it does need an overhaul, and I think you need women's tag team titles. I will, I've been saying this for a while. You have two teams in there right now you can build a feud off of and then have everybody else kind of you know fall into place from there. And that's Ty Conte and Anna Jay, and you have Penelope Ford and the Bunny. Run that back. That could be your feud that you build those tag team titles for for the women's division, and then you can also have teams start developing and go from there. Because you definitely need to do something there. You're not doing a great service to your women's division. You have one of the most talented rosters on TV when you give them the time to shine. The TBS tournament has been fire. I would also go as far as saying on that note, I think it's a good idea because then you could take some of the young talent that might not have a direction and stick them with a veteran, which would be good. Like what comes to my mind right off the bat is Red Velvet with Big Swall. Yep. Because then Big Swall could teach her and show her the ropes and it wouldn't be all the pressure on Red Velvet to be a single star. She could go out there and have tag matches and Big Swall could help her out because Swall is very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once again, you should push Big Swall, period, but whatever. Right. You know, you could even take somebody like, uh, you know, there's there's a couple other few young ladies on the roster you could take and tag them with a couple different people, you know, just to get the experience. Like, you know, you have, you know, Nyla Rose. She could do tag matches as well. Just give her a young, you know, even if it's a partner she doesn't want. That'd be yeah. even better. Like, it'd be a good storyline. Not only would it be a good storyline, but it would be good for a young, up-and-coming female wrestler that you have in the back going, oh, we could have this great tag team. Or if you really want to go all out, you go Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose and... Yeah. Just let them dominate. Hell yeah. Because that would help Jade Cargill along as well. She's coming along great, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think she's a star of the future. I think she's just as much of a big win, and she has a high upside like Bianca Belair. I will say that. Yes. I really believe she does. No, she, she absolutely does. She takes it seriously. Although, she's still new, and she's still green, so you kind of have to like work her in. I don't know if she's ready to win the big one yet. No, not yet, but she will get oh, there. Oh, she will. Yes. She'll be a world champion. Yes. And you'll, she'll be a believable world champion, and she'll be very good, whether it's on that channel or another channel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, it, I'm being dead serious. She yeah. will be a top women's wrestler no matter where she goes because she has all the tools. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I feel like she's one of the greats. But I feel like they could have done a better job of giving her somebody to guide a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, they still have time to rebound it. But I think if they sign a tie of Valkyrie and you get somebody in there with that presence that can definitely solidify that division and be the veteran figurehead to really guide everybody. Well, I know you said something about like Anna Jay and Ty Conti. You you could even stick those two young ladies under somebody like Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. Have a little faction a little bit. Because Taya Valkyrie will teach, you know, they can learn from her what you need to do. Like in and out of the ring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it would be great and beneficial for young athletes who are very good and can be future stars to learn from, from a vet. Someone who is good now. Mm-hmm. But that's why they dropped the ball on like a Deanna Parazzo. They, they do need that veteran women in their locker room, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. I also think, to just kind of sum it up pretty quick, you're focusing on your YouTube channel with dark and dark elevation, and let's face it, they're throwaway shows. Let's be honest. Why not have a winter is coming type event live on your YouTube show and draw people to go to your channel, drop that subscribe, and then build that up because if you're focusing so much attention on it, give the people something to watch, not these matches that go across the ticker, insulting in the women's division too, by the way. It always happens. Oh, it's always on the women's match. Yeah, that is atrocious. But have those events, like put a Winter is Coming, do a house show somewhere. It doesn't have to be Daly's Place, but you can do it somewhere. Fuck, you could just do it from Universal where they film yeah. from and just have an event there. But have it be a pay-per-view style card. Put it on there for free. 
And that's another way to draw fans in. You want to hype up your YouTube show, their channel, that's the way you do it. Lou's right. Maria Canellis too. I, I, I agree. Maria yeah. Canellis would be a great signing. And especially, like, uh, what comes to mind right away is, like, a Julia Hart. Yeah. Like, it'd be perfect to learn from somebody like Maria Canellis who's athletic, just like Julia Hart is. And it, 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 it's a similar style. So you, you always have to find, and I, I feel like that's what WWE did well. Mm -hmm. Because as we've talked about in the past, whether you love, hate, whatever, Charlotte Flair took Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley under her wing. Yes. Like, it's, it's no secret in the back that that's, she gravitated to them, and WWE allowed that to happen, which mm -hmm. is fine. And guess what those two young ladies did? They flourished because Charlotte Flair goes, hey, let me, uh, let me show you how this is done. Oh, uh, if you're talking about people they should get, yes. From, from, from ROH, Roxy, Miranda, Alizé, and Quinn McKay are all great stars. Facts. Although Quinn McKay is still learning, I think she's still decent. Roxy and Miranda, Alizé are young, and they're already here. Mm -hmm. Like, they are stars now roxy definitely yeah well miranda is yeah, too. It, they were in the finals they they have great chemistry together they have great chemistry with other people they don't even need the help of an older vet per se they're already here they'd be great hires because that it would be a nice youthful shot into the company they are the definitely the, see those are the talents you want in a tbs title mm -hmm. you want to put the tbs title around them chances are we're going to put the title really honestly looking at the brackets Chances are we're going to put the TBS title around the waist of a woman that is actually better than your AEW Women's Champion. No offense to Britt Baker as a character, mm -hmm. but Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa is be a champ. better wrestler. Facts, one million facts. And I'm not shitting on Britt. No, just but facts is Thunder Rosa is a better wrestler. So your TBS champion more than likely is going to be Thunder Rosa. I doubt highly it won't be. Unless they pull like uh, uh, Britt Baker interferes and that's when we finally get the build to the match we all want to see. And I think we're getting that because I think Ruby's going to take the belt. Which, which I'm, I'm fine, fine with. with. I'm perfectly again, fine with. Ruby Riot or Ruby Soho, sorry. I keep I, Freudian slip. Mm -hmm. She's also better than Britt Baker. Yeah. No, but I, th I think that's going to be your finals, but I think that that's what they're going to finally set up because I think Rosa is finally going to get that push. But the thing is, if that's the case, then Rosa needs to take the belt because then your women's champion would be better than Ruby Soho. Yes. Because I think Thunder Rosa is the better wrestler of the two. Not taking anything away because Ruby Soho, super good wrestler. Mm -hmm. And also a great teacher. Yeah. You know how we know? Liv Morgan. Yeah, exactly. There, there's such a high upside there that they got a lot of different ways they can go with it. So they just they need to do something, and that's one way to definitely interject there. Uh, to sum up even very quickly, I already mentioned Cruiserweight Division. I think if you did that and put in a Daniel Garcia, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Ricky Starks, that is your four pillars, since we like talking pillars. Well, also you get a Jungle Boy in there yep. because it's a perfect place for somebody at his stature. Uh, you could even, if you want to throw in Sammy Guevara time to time, you got both members of Private Party that could be a part of it. You know, if, if one of the Young Bucks is out, God forbid, they would be fit into a Super Junior role super well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of cool things you could do in a Super Juniors level. Yes. So I think they should definitely think about that. And then the last thing, I know that they want to talk trios titles. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think what you need to do is make a secondary tag team title because you have so many tag teams in your roster that are great. Santana Ortiz, FTR, Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, the lit private party, Butcher and Blade. I We can keep going. But when you're only featuring one tag team belt for everybody, what is... The, those young young up-and-comers trying to get to. Well, with that being said, a six-man belt is technically a second tag team belt. Right. So, I mean, but 
I mean, you're kind of making the argument for and against at the same time. Uh, I, the only reason I argue against a six-man title is the six-man belt has never worked anywhere. Yeah. Including Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I love the six-man champions because I'm huge on Shane Taylor promotions. Now, you should have a six-man belt if you bring in Shane Taylor promotions. Yes. Because they beat everybody. Who you beat? Everybody. Shane Taylor beats everybody. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Uh, you know, including John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, 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 I would be a fan of it then, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Secondary tag titles did not work the greatest because both the NWA and WWF had them because mm-hmm. there was the WWWF United States Tag Champions, which became the WWF Tag Team Champions. As a matter of fact, one of the most famous teams to hold those belts was uh, Varsity Club. Mike right. Rotunda and... Uh, well, Steve uh, Williams? No, no, no. Mike Rotunda and fucking... What's his name there? Uh, Rick Steiner? No, former Four Horsemen. Goddamn, why am I drawing a blank? Um, Wyndham? Yes, Barry Wyndham. Thank you. I've, I've yeah. somehow drawn a blank there. Uh, and then, you know, and then on the NWA side, the Rock and Roll Express held those belts for fucking ever. And there ain't nobody more over than the Rock and Roll Express. I mean, with the exception of the Legion of Doom. Or but, you think, but you think about when they were having those shoes against the Midnight Express. Like, that's something, like you say, you can, you can definitely give some time to more tag teams to let them go. Because I know that they fall in love with doing that faction warfare nonsense. See, Lou, I'm with you. The only way I want to see a trio's belt is if STP comes in. And if STP comes in, give it to LA, everybody. Yeah. L- see, LFI, though, I don't dig them as a trio. LFI, the problem with LFI is all those guys are super talented on their own. And I think that you really should have them on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dra- by the way, Dragon Lee just lost the Ring of Honor World Television Championship to Dalton Castle. Just throw that out. Yeah, brother, brother, brother. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you could use them as a trio, but I, I mean, there's tons of trios you could use already in AEW. Right. Let's be honest. But I mean, you'd have to have a team that was so you know put over so well because like in new japan the never open weight six-man titles like nobody really thinks about them they're kind of an afterthought right that's and they have fucking factions for days right that's why i say like if if new japan can't get it over i don't think aew is going to yeah see i've never been a huge fan of the 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 trio belt just never have been Mm -hmm. and i mean ring of honor had some success with stp being the champion and having the battles with lfi but prior to that, it just kind of would be like the Briscoes at Bully Ray. Yeah. And it would always be like a tag team at a guy. Yeah. And it, it, it just, it's weird. And I don't know. And it, it kind of was what, what, like, when we had Death Triangle, it's how that felt. Like, you have a tag team and then you add Pac, and you're like, why? Well, the same thing with, like, the Super Click. Like, I, I feel it, it's, it's just to give them a belt so that you don't go near the tag team titles. I mean, they were doing that before, but yeah, it's just another faction of fucking the elite. But at least in a faction like the elite, you can have a big faction. Mm-hmm. Like 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 in Japan. I like, I like if you're going to have factions, do big factions because then everybody can break out and they can fight against each other. You know, like Chaos has like 10 members. Yeah. Bullet Club has like 52, let's be honest. Yeah, something like uh, that. <laughs> you know, uh, LIJ's got, I think, six or seven currently. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki Goon has like six to eight. So, like, like it's perfect. Uh, United Empire, I think, only has five currently. Yeah. But, you know, y- you have like these these factions. I mean, Team Filthy technically is a New Japan faction. So, like, like you have, the, like, I like faction warfare, and, and a trio's belt should fit in better there because you can mix and match the three mm-hmm. you know you have these three and then if they lose the belt later on you could have a different chaos team go for it or you could have like so it doesn't always feel like a tag team at a guy because a lot of times you can take some of your lower guys and put them in a trio i mean the only the only team that i like as a trio team in the world today is stp like as a straight trios team mm. lfi is good just because it's a faction 
Make it like a prison yard. Everyone in a faction. Well, that's what J- New Japan does. I'm surprised AEW hasn't already. <laughs> Give it time. But I mean, it's not bad. The way New Japan does it is it, it works. Mm-hmm. That's also because the Japanese wrestling fan is a little different than the United States wrestling fan. Right. That's, that's all I worry about with six man belts because in the states historically we've never made them work. Mm-hmm. And secondary belts, I could see it, but let's start booking the tag team division better now. And why, what I mean by that is we just got to see a great match between FTR and the Lucha Bros. But before that, we had a year of the Young Bucks on top. And it was just like, it, they, they fucking basically Sparky plugged everybody. Oh, yeah. Give me the belts and I'll beat everybody. And guess what? They did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's true and it story. took us a while for to see FTR back in the title hunt, man. I'm, I'm happy. One of the, the, the best new, the, I'm going to say it, the best Young Bucks match. There's two good Young Bucks matches in the history. The two greatest Young Bucks matches in the history of the of, of AEW was them against Omega and Hangman mm-hmm. and them against the Lucha Bros. FTR? FTR was good, but remember, it just became super spotty. Yeah. They did everybody tag team finisher of the past. Mm-hmm. We saw like the heart attack, the doomsday device, the fucking yeah, the rocker was... dropper. <laughs> like <laughs> it had everything. Uh, they, they might even, I think they did the, I think they did the demolition finish. I'm pretty sure FTR did the demolition finish. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good match, but it was more nostalgic of like, listen, watch us do every finish in wrestling. Whereas I think the hangman, that the versus Hangman, Hangman and, 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 Omega and, was, and Omega, it was a story and it was yeah. good. And them versus Lucha Bros was super good. Yeah. They're like like play. the cage match, the most recent one, the one where Lucha Bros won. Yeah. Super good. I thought it told a great story. The Young Bucks are great when they're telling stories. When the Young Bucks are going out there being super indie, it's kind of like, oh, man, I've seen this before. Yeah. I, that's, that's my only takeaway. And that's not saying that they're not great. I love the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. But the Young Bucks like to do that super indie shit too much. Yeah. And I... I think when they tell stories, because like I said, that's why I think those two matches were the best that they've been in, because they could tell a story. And they told great stories in those two matches, and it, and it paid off. Not taking anything away from FTR in their match, but really, it was a spot fest. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with it, because I was entertained. Right. But I feel like it could have been better if they told a story. I, like I said, I was just trying to think of what Young Buck matches stood out. I mean, they all stand out from an athletic perspective, because they're so such good athletes. Yeah. But I digress. They're, they're also... That's fair. I like I like it when they're telling stories because the Young Bucks will tell a fucking great story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's there's nothing that, that Hangman and Omega versus the Young Bucks match, beautiful story. Couldn't have been better. Really couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously Hangman and Omega versus FTR was good too. But, oh yeah. But I think their match with the Bucks was better. Told a great story. And we all thought the Bucks were going to shoe in for the win, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. Lou says, "Well, I find it telling that all the rumors about TK taking control back from certain people." Well, that's that was what I was going to finish off with. I would say m- less of the EVPs and more pushing the younger talent and the uh, the new alternative, shall we say, to the WWE product. Yeah, uh, in closing, uh, I, I will say I agree with you in closing, but here's the thing with TK. TK is a year younger than I am. And all of a sudden, Bucks lose the titles, FTR comes back, and Cody loses the title. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a reason. It's because he's like, fuck that, man. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But here's my only problem with TK running the book. TK is doing good decisions because he's not making decisions for himself. Mm-hmm. He's actually trying to make it for the fans and for the company. And that's that's good. But the bad portion is he's a year younger than me. And I know what he likes in wrestling because we share a certain love. And that was the love of ECW. Mm-hmm. And also the Attitude Era in WWF. And so, therefore, we both, like, with that being said, look at his stories that is what he's taking. 
He's doing a lot of old ECW stuff and rehashing it in a different way. He's taking a lot of Attitude Era stuff and rehashing it away. The problem with that is this is 2021 and some of that shit don't work anymore, i.e. it is a turnoff and the reason why they're dipping in in totals for women is because not many women want to hear people make rape jokes and fucking gangbang jokes and... Uh, your biggest, your your even though the women's match was really good at full gear, the yeah, build to it was who was hotter. Yeah, and women are like, man, we're at this precipice where we have great women's wrestling. And that's what we want to see, and we want to see women represented properly. And I have no problems with that. I understand wanting to see yourself completely on the screen, and I think that is what AEW at the end of the day needs to start doing is mm-hmm. they need to start going okay. You can love ECW and you can love the Attitude Era and you can love the Ruthless Aggression Era and whatever else, but we have to remember that this is a different day and age and this is a different time period and we can't do some of those things. Uh, I'm not saying make it childish because you don't have to do that. There's, right. a, there's a happy medium. You know, you don't need to make the gangbang joke from old Uncle Chris, mm-hmm. you know, who's who's a little out of touch. You know what I mean? He's not sharing the values of everybody else. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like... You have to find this happy medium. And I think Tony writes stories that are more to his fandom, which is awesome for me. Hence why I pop whenever I see, like, as you'll ask Ken, when we watch AEW together, I'm messaging him about, and I'll tell him where the spot came from. I'm like, oh, they did that on fucking ECW in 97, and they did it with this person and this person. This is how it went. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I get it. I get paying an homage. Yeah. But you also have to know your audience. So I think that they need to kind of like tone it back a little bit. But I do like him having the book because we are starting to get because think about it. When you have the book, you're going to book yourself over. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason, even though he denies it, there's a reason Kevin Nash took Goldberg's winning streak. Yes. It's because he was booking. He denies that that was the reason, but he looked like an asshole. So why would he tell the truth? Mm. (laughs) It's a true story. So having those guys have the book made no sense to begin with. But see, all of those are positive. That's not us ragging on. Those are just things that they can fix. And they're all minor things, really, in a way. And that is what you need to do to strike while the iron's hot. You need to be what you started out. The statement of that company when they came out was, we are going to be the alternative to WWE. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do it. Let's give compelling storylines for even our undercarders. Let's give the best undercard wrestling we can. And we already have one of the best main events. Let's be honest. AEW on the main event level is, is perfectly fine. Yes. They're going to put on banger main events every time. Why? Because they have the talent to do so. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to work on getting from A to B. And also, let's stop booking the best match first. Yes. <laughs> the best thing happens first, and then you can turn the fucking show off, and everybody's figured that out. And get rid of the four-man booth. Oh, my God. And yelling Uncle Jericho. Yep. Aye, aye, aye. Have Dan Housen in there if you're going to sign him until his leg's Fuck sealed. It. Let's do it. Very nice, very evil. Well, that's enough. We've gone for over two hours, folks. On a show where I thought we were going to have a short one. <laughs> no, we had a lot to address because, you know what, WWE's loss is AEW's gain if they play their cards right. So if anybody's hearing this at AEW, you can definitely holler at us, and we will definitely have a more in-depth conversation with you off-air. Absolutely. I got I got a lot of ideas. Let me let me help book your shit. Let's put it. Uh, with that being said, uh, tell the fine folks how to find you in the OUEH, Ken M. Simple. If you want to talk to me and Padawan J, you know we got some new episodes dropping this week. Easiest place to find it is at odphpodcast.com. You can join the conversation on social media, new parlay points, T Public Store, all that, and so much more. And always remember to use hashtag ODPHPod. Well, it's simple. If you're an, if you're a patron, you tonight already have it's already dropped to you mm-hmm. the Three Fat Nerds podcast this week. But if not, it's every everywhere else tomorrow around noon. Uh, it's gonna it's awesome. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I got to talk about it. I waited a month 
in like 12 days to talk about that movie. Yes. I was so excited to talk about it finally. So there's that. There's some news and all sorts of other crazy gravy, crazy shit, you know. Uh, but the best place to find us and all the information, obviously, is 8122productions.com. Uh, there is links to all the uh, services we are on, which we're pretty much on every podcast provider. Also, you can stream the show from there as well. Find out more about Horror Zone 607. Find, uh, by the way, God, you want to hear some breaking news. Do you want yeah. to get some breaking news? Want to give me a teaser for the week? Sure. So the uh, Horror Zone 607 this week, which I'm going to do it, I'm going to edit it tomorrow because it comes out on Wednesdays usually. We're just basically going to, because Mike sees out for his uh, his uh, Thanksgiving vacation, if you will. Mm. So I'm actually just going to edit, I'm going to do an intro and then just do an edit for the um, uh, Three Fat Nerds coverage of Ghostbusters. Apple, oh, cool. Because that's what we're going to do. So I do it twice when I can just do it once, right? Mm-hmm. But... I have to do another episode this weekend because we're going to go back to weekend recording so I can start going to the gym more because yeah, I got to get in a little better shape than round, brother. But with that being said, Mike's out of town this weekend, so I got to do another show. So I tapped a certain Big Natty Cool. Oh, damn. And he don't watch horror movies, and he's never been a full-on guest on Horror Zone 607. Now you'd be like, but why are you bringing him on a horror podcast if he doesn't watch horror movies? Oh, we're going to review a horror movie. It's Thanksgiving hangover, ladies and gentlemen. This, not this upcoming one on Wednesday, but the following week, which should be out by Monday, Tuesday-ish. It is going to be myself and Big Natty Cool. We're going to talk some horror news, but the review, Thanksgiving. Oh, shit. I convinced him to watch Thanksgiving because it's ridiculous, and we're going to review Thanksgiving as a Thanksgiving hangover. And if you've never seen Thanksgiving, it's, a, it's, it's fucking great. Yeah, it's all, all, it's, it's horrible. But it's great. It's an experience. Does that make sense? Yes. It's horrible. So bad. It's good. Uh, but uh, we are going to talk about that. So there you go. So there's a little teaser. Horror Zone 607 this week. Get our takes once again. Uh, if you are if you listen to the Three Fat Nerds podcast, I know it kind of sounds throwaway, but eh. you know, why should I talk about the same things twice? That's kind of weird. Uh, but then we got an all new one coming at you at the beginning of the following week, and that'll feature Big Natty Cool himself. Also for patrons, Love It Scary is getting recorded this weekend. Ooh. Mm, Dr. Dare's got some shit to say. I can't wait to be a part of it. So, oh, patreon.com slash 8122productions. Little as $1 a month. Get a ton of extra bonus content. There you go. Little plug. All right, let's get out of here. I'm getting tired. I'm getting a little wired. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like Nick Cage and gone in 60 seconds. Uh, so thank you guys so much for tuning Shad in. killed it tonight. You guys were fucking awesome tonight, as you always are. People listening on podcasts, we love you too. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh as always, we're going to end the show with our good friend Second Suitor, One Winged Angel, the ode to New Japan Pro Wrestling and the cleaner Kenny Omega. You're going to hear that as it's the perfect ending song, as always. And uh, with that being said, for myself and Ken M, till next week, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And I only have one last thing to say, and that's later, wrestling fans! Got a plan
Top ropes, one, two. 